on this episode. I'm going to pray that Adam like gets in a car wreck or something like that. Whoa! <laughs> Why would that be the example? <laughs> I had somebody tell me today that I had a dream where I died. And you're going to tell me you're going to pray about me getting a car wreck? Oh, God. No, I just mean like you can pray like there's been... Stamp- He's not backtracking. There's, <laughs> no, I'm still... Just uh, wait. <laughs> you're going to listen to I Phil Collins him. when it happens. <laughs> I interrupted him one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> the car wreck's going to go. Doo, 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 doo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my tow truck driving co-host, Adam Radliff. I actually did drive a repo truck for a very brief period of time when I was 18. Really? So I stole cars for a living for a while. So you were a rogue criminal? Yeah, it was, I felt terrible. It was. I can't believe my, parent, my parents talked me into doing this, <laughs> talked me into risking my life in the middle of the night, getting out of this car, going up to random people's houses, getting in their car and driving off. Wow. <laughs> I was 18 years old. And, very and they talked me into doing this. They wanted me gone, for sure. So they were trying to have you eliminated is what you They just wanted me to make money, but like... And die at the same time. It was time. a gigantic rush. It was scary I'm as fuck. Sure. In the we middle used to go, of the like, night? Yeah, we went to Fifth Ward, Third Ward. I was... Like, and the guy who ran this tow truck service... Had me do all the risky stuff. Of course. Fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds very... I need to hear more about that later. Uh, True story. I need to hear more about it now. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, I did sh- plenty of praying at that, <laughs> that time that I'm I did sure. that. <laughs> Please don't let me die. Yeah. Also on the show today, we have special guests, Dan Hornstein and Drew Jordan. How is Dan a special guest at this point? Yeah, I thought he was just <laughs> like, on the podcast. <laughs> People would be surprised. The way it be, should be. Because yeah. <laughs> Dan is special. Well, yeah. Yeah. Looking. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I look uh, like you. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to make me cry right now? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today, quick disclaimer, if you're uh, easily sensitive or easily offended by people talking about religion or theology. Right. Might want to skip this one. So we'll just say that up front. Uh, I'm out. If you work at, <laughs> if you work at KSBJ, uh, turn it off right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. If you're no, still listening. For no particular reason. If you've made it this far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about religion and theology. Uh, none of us are here going like going out of our way to be terrible about it or, you know, shit on someone else's views or whatever, but, uh, we, this is a podcast. We do make jokes and you know, jokes will be made. So if you find yourself offended, there is an unsubscribe button on your phone or your computer, or you can press the stop button and it won't bother me at all. Or send in your thoughts on how we were wrong or what we should yeah, change. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I'm and then fine. we'll call you out the next week for being a fucking asshole. Like Paul you don't pilot. have a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very much meant to be just a casual conversation yeah. that a group of people could have about, you know, different, different topics. 
which I've actually had these kind of conversations before. Yeah. And um, that's why I'm not a lot at Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first, we're just going to give like a quick background on like our own religious backgrounds. I'll go first. Uh, I was raised, you know, my parents were Christian, raised in it, and then, you know, got older. I kind of went the complete opposite way for a while. And then my mom- Satanist? Not that quite far, but well, I was- in. Yeah. Wicked? <laughs> no, I just you're the like, one male wicked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just went. Uh, I was just kind of like, I want to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want, you know. And it was all about me. And I was that's pretty- exactly Satanism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was really miserable. And then my mom and my sister in law died in a car crash, and that kind of just like made me reassess my whole life. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. When I was 25. So then that kind of got me started in this journey of like, what do I believe in? Why? And so then I was like, you know, ever since then, the past like 15 years, it's just been like, what do I believe in? Why? What do I believe? And it's actually in like a interesting sense. It's been very good for me in the sense that I know what I believe and why, and nobody can change my mind about it. Mm. So like if other people say, well, you know, I believe in God and like, there's a lot of people, I mean, you go to any church anywhere, any people with any faith, you know, you're always going to find someone who disagrees with you. And I'm to the point now where like, I know what I believe and I know why, but I don't feel the need to debate or argue with people. Like I'll tell people why people, there's some people out there that want you to like, they're hell bent on, you have to think like me. And I'm like, no, I don't. And then I can appreciate the fact that you believe differently, but I'm not going to argue with you about it. Right. Like I've been through something horrible and traumatic and it led me to where I am for a reason, but I'm not here. My existence isn't, you know, I, I don't exist to force you to think the way I do. That's, that's way me. So, and I, I enjoy the fact that, you know, other people will, you know, want to talk to me about why do you believe this or why not? And, I think it's cool. Any particular flavor of Christianity growing up? Uh, yes, actually. Seventh-day Adventist. Really? Yeah. And it's funny that because a lot of people, when they meet me and they talk about that, they they find that out. They think, oh, like culty and stuff. And there's some people out there that are like really conservative or really got some really twisted views about it. But my parents were really balanced. <laughs> my parents actually growing up, they were like, this is what we believe in. Why? But you have to make up your mind for yourself. And I always appreciated the fact they didn't try and like force me to do anything. Right. So the Waco group was like an offshoot of that, yeah. right? Okay. That's they what were like trying. an offshoot of an offshoot. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and then there was a lot of shit. It's like a subreddit. <laughs> yeah, subreddit. <laughs> yeah. Never so heard <laughs> seven day Adventist offshoots as subreddits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that uh, That's an easy David way to Koresh break it down. was onto something. Yeah. <laughs> way ahead of his time. Although he could play guitar, though. Yeah, he actually could. So, <laughs> actually, wait, did we talk about this last no, week? We we did, no, we did. We talked about the Waco series last week. Mm. So we're talking about Michael Shannon. Is right. that like a thing though? For like, if you're seventh, because wasn't Prince a Seventh Day Adventist too? He was I thought Jones, he was like, Jehovah's Witness. Like, oh, was he? Oh, yeah, he was shit! Jones I thought they were all just really good guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> they all. <laughs> I'm about to convert. <laughs> Teach me some scales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the religion that's holding back your music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not complete lack of talent. I actually, I think Drew plays uh, guitar as well, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Am I yeah the only non. You're the only one here who doesn't yeah. play guitar, Adam. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's weird. This is, is the second time this has happened. Guitar? 
I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's more of a sorry. You yes. seem really nice. Adam's more of a tambourine man. I think uh, mm-hmm. a triangle. Yeah. I played triangle bass. Man. I actually played bass in my church band. Okay, uh, youth group mostly. We did, we did do some Sundays. Get mm-hmm. kicked out or what? Uh, no? I grew up. Okay. Uh, was your band name Giving Back? Sunday? No, I grew, I grew up in the. Fa- <laughs> I grew up in the fact that I was not going to be in the youth group anymore. Okay, yeah. but you didn't like they. They kept you were in the yeah. band. No, they no, let him go when was, he was thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I moved away. Someone's got to tell him. I, actually, I, I moved away from both at the, basically the same time. Okay, but we gave here. up on Gata and the bass. And <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually. My bass playing, see, my bass playing did turn some people off on religion. Like, they can't believe in a guy that will allow a kid to be that confident and that bad at the same time. I'm glad you guys are all having fun. I'm, I am absolutely having fun. Oh my goodness! So Adam, go next. Okay. Yeah, what's your answer? That's not as good as Mark's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is going to be like the complete opposite to where I had never had any struggles. <laughs> yeah. My excuse for leaving the church was that I, I had bad a bad at bass. Re- yeah. <laughs> I was actually bad at picking girlfriends is why I left the church. <laughs> but uh, no, I was raised non-denominational uh, Christian. Pretty pretty vanilla as far as my experience uh, of Christian sex. Like I've, I've been to Catholic mass before. It seems way more strict. SEC. Sex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sex. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you were just tossing around oxymorons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christian sex, jumbo shrimp. <laughs> uh, but as I was saying, <laughs> yeah. So it was, like I said, I've been to Baptist church to seem way more strict. I went to a pretty relaxed church. Uh, my whole upbringing, they're like, um, you know, typical Bible stuff. Went to youth group, grew up, kind of just kind of stopped going. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I've gotten older, there's got like more and more questions. And then like my mom was like really religious. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say like super, super religious, but pretty strict. And now I kind of have a hobby of like learning more about religion. Like over and over to kind of just mess with my mom about it <laughs> just to get under her skin. <laughs> just to really tease her. Like, I think I talked about the Da Vinci code thing. Yeah. Like I used to tease her about that endlessly. And now I talked to her about a couple of the topics we'll touch on today that I actually have genuine questions about or, mm-hmm. or different opinions about that, um, has her lose sleep at night. Cause I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Such a loving All she son. did was bring me to this world and raise me with no <laughs> no pain or tragedy. Oh. <laughs> and now I'm getting back at her. <laughs> she does hold the ultimate trump card, though, because she could just be like, well, you're going to burn in hell. And then like the, you lose. <laughs> well, that's if you believe in a traditional version of hell. But she does. For now. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> that's actually what she calls when she went and saw me uh, do comedy. What, oh, really? What? Hell. Uh, it's pure hell to watch you do comedy. <laughs> that did not land well at all. <laughs> Just like must do jokes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's neither warm or cold, or was it lukewarm? Neither <laughs> <laughs> hot nor cold. Yeah. That joke was lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Drew. Yeah. Your background. 
Yeah, I grew up super Christian. Uh, my dad's uh, is a preacher, so I'm in a Baptist church. So I grew up before I was born. He was doing that. So I kind of was born or born again. Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> first, first time. Uh, yeah. So like, I, I grew up in it. All I, my grandfather's a pastor. My own grand, other grand, the whole family's all in. And it was something I was just totally submerged in from like the get go. So I grew up in it. Um, I, everyone was like, "Oh, you're gonna be a preacher like your dad?" And I was like, "No, I've seen how you treat him. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's tough." Uh, so, I, but I did see how they treat him. Yeah, everyone like I mean, when you just see the how needy people are and how oh, yeah. how how just reckless they are with like. You know, you're, you, you, I see all the back. So my dad's doing the toilets. My dad's fixing everything. You know, people call in the middle of the night. So he's an unsuccessful preacher. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a smaller church. He's not Osteen where you got like a staff of people. So like in the smaller churches, the preacher guy is kind of like Mr. Fix it for everything. And, mm-hmm. and people abuse that and people push it and people don't appreciate it. And then they want to come in once a week and have a meeting and go, no, we're not doing that. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I just saw how his efforts were very stifled and underappreciated all the time. Because so, I, I mean, saw like on the so business you, side, on every side. Okay. So you didn't go to be a preacher because you didn't have a servant mentality. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did do so. I did youth ministry stuff. So I thought that was fun. I get to take the kids on trips and stuff. So I did youth ministry for some years, and then when that kind of was kind of over, that I did church music for a long time. I was always playing guitar and stuff like that, and did that for years, and then. Kind of, uh, you know, just transitioned out of working in churches, and and it just, it felt better. To, to get, I did. I was tired of being like, uh, I enjoyed it while I was there, and then as time moved on, I was like, this is not really my thing anymore. It's good um, for some people, and I was just like, yeah, the, the church work is just, you know, it's meant for some, some people are are just made for that, and some people just aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So too many scandals. I got gotcha. you. You know, yeah. no, I enjoyed didn't you it. live in Tennessee for a while? He's just moving all around the U.S. <laughs> I just every couple of years had to move to avoid. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I look back on that time and I go, "Hey, that was fine. It was fun." Uh, you know, it's it's it is what it is. And like, what if I had to do it all over again? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've definitely progressed in a lot of ways past like my mentality there. Whereas like in growing up, like the mentality that was most praised was. Uh, don't ever change your mind about anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Like whatever your your grandparents taught, your parents taught you. The the good thing, the thing that was uh, celebrated, was never changing your mind about yeah. anything. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Don't. I mean, even if you ask questions, you know the answers. Right. <laughs> like there's these set answers. So it's like now I feel like though getting into you know deeper into my own adult life, you know I'm a little more curious. I'm a little more open to different things and i think one of the benefits uh, of being an adult and figuring it all out is like asking questions and it's okay to not know right that's one thing i've really come to terms with because growing up my whole entire childhood through my young 20s i had this belief that i could know the deepest universe questions (laughs) and then their (laughs) answers without questioning like just for sure i know the answer right and then to kind of come out and go oh well, I really can't say that yeah. I know that. Um, that's troubling. That'll yeah. cause you some mental breakdowns. Yeah. It's actually interesting you say that because there was several years back, like maybe five or six years after my mom died, a guy and a friend of mine and I were talking. He was, we were talking about 
about, you know, differences and stuff. And he was like, oh, well, you know, the Bible has answers to everything. And I go, actually, it doesn't. <laughs> and he goes, well, and I go, it doesn't have the answers to everything. I was like, sure it does, does not have, have the answer to how to delete my search history. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell and so you we that got into sure. this like deep conversation just about that. And I was like, it really doesn't have the, and it was like, right. it's got like great, like stories, examples, suggestions, like guidelines, but it was like, it doesn't have the answers to everything. I was like, I've got tons of questions. I don't have answers to. Right. And I was like, and at that point I was working towards like, I want to be okay with knowing that I might not get all my questions answered. Mm, I might not right. always find. And some, and at least in my experience, I just know a few people that just really struggle with that. They desperately want an answer. And sometimes you just don't have answers. Like, you know, yeah. my mom died in an accident. Like so many people, and still not 15 years later, there's some people that are still like, why, why? I'm like, I, I, I gave up on the why a long time ago because you'll that'll just spin you around in circles. Yeah, yeah I still insane. don't know why James Harden got traded. <laughs> <laughs> that was the tragedy in Adam's yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a dark path for young Adam. Yeah. <laughs> what do you first, mean, young? Yeah. First Hopkins, Hopkins, now Harden. Next is going to be Watson. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, how much more do you want from me, God? <laughs> <laughs> so Dan. I'm going to get struck by a lightning bolt. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get going. <laughs> uh, your background. I, I've seen all Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, a lot of people meet me and they're, they really think that I am probably Jewish. Cause I, I have like a lot of Jewish traits. Um, but I was raised. What Catholic. does that mean? Rude. Stingy. <laughs> <laughs> You said it. <laughs> not me. I noticed that nobody uh, said funny. I remember. Yeah. I, I, I remember even when I when I moved to South Florida, uh, like I was hanging out with a guy who like grew up in Boca Raton, like a super heavy Jewish community. And at one point, like in first meeting me, he was like, "I don't get it. You're so Jewy." <laughs> and I was like, "I've never heard that word before." Um, but I was I was raised Catholic. Could it be the last name that's throwing people it's off? A, it's the last name. I've got like a kind of Jewish looking nose. I have some features of it. And like, and I'm, I'm 75% sure. Circumcised that, like, or nah? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that sadly, starts that's right now. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, and like, I'm pretty sure like my family was Jewish up until like 1933 <laughs> or so. And then they like got called out on it in Germany and they're like, nah, dude, totally Methodist yeah. <laughs> Methodist since the get go <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Uh, my dad was raised Methodist um, and he still is, but he goes to Catholic church with my mom cause he's not that picky. My mom was raised New Orleans Catholic, which to me oh. is like a special form of Catholicism. Like New Orleans Catholic is like uh, very strict. They practice like, the flood thing every, they, once, every couple of years. They're like hardcore with it until Mardi Gras. Um, I didn't even hear what you said. Sorry. You probably don't want to hear it. No. You know, uh, was it? Was we're, it we'll rewind it. Yeah. Um, it was a bad Katrina joke. Oh, okay. And uh, so I grew up. I grew up. Catholic. I lost family in that. You son of a bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm Are you making, mumbling because you don't want God to hear? I'm, that, making, <laughs> I'm making flood jokes over okay. here. Okay, uh, levy that one alone. No. Oh. Is there like a button we can hit for that? <laughs> Unfortunately, button. not. I've done enough of these. <laughs> they keep it on. It's a New Orleans Catholic. So, I, so my mom's like hardcore New Orleans Catholic. Like she knows all the saints. She knows like all the like the 
she works at a Catholic Drew church. Drew Brees. Come on. Fucking Ditka. Wasn't he there for a while? Yeah. yeah okay. Ricky Williams. Him too. Uh, so she knows like all of those guys and uh, they hang out. I mean, <laughs> she's like Italian. She's Italian Catholic, right? Like just like mm-hmm. very, very, very into her beliefs. So I grew up Catholic. Uh, my mom works at a Catholic church. I went to Catholic school. I went to uh, my, my high school experience was an all boys Catholic school. Uh, so you didn't have to wear the skirt or anything. I <laughs> I was a casual Fridays, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, like we had mass during like every, you know, like once a week we would like stop and have mass. We would take religion classes and stuff. So like, I feel like I know a lot about Catholic Catholicism after that. Uh, did you do the catechism and all that? Yeah. Went through catechism, um, did all the, the rites and, and sacraments and stuff that you do growing up. Um, got to, by the time I was like a senior in high school, they're like, I did student ministries, but really it was like, we would give kids stuff to do and we'd go get high. By that point I was pretty heavily sedated. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then like after that, this is really sad. Like I mentioned the Indiana Jones thing, but I was thinking about this before. So I'm so, uh, what's the word shallow <laughs> that like, I swear to God, most of my modern beliefs are pretty heavily influenced by pop culture <laughs> in some way, shape or form. And, and I, I really think like there's some legitimacy to it. Like people put in a, a good bit of thought into telling something in a new entertaining way. And in a lot of ways, the Bible has a lot of pop culture in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like the original pop culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why not? So, I'm open to that. Nah, is it the you know, original pop culture though? It's the original pop culture. It it really there is. There's nothing before it. There's other stuff, uh, which I know that's that's one of the things. Yeah, that you wanted to talk to about. destroy people's faith. No, <laughs> you wanted to get into it and stuff. I like to think I'm pretty open minded. Like I respect people who uh, are really really secure in their faith and don't mm-hmm. question. But just like the, everybody else has said, I've gone through that period of introspection and trying to figure it out and kind of existentialism or whatever you want to call it. I just probably wasn't as deep about it as y'all. Mine was just like taking LSD and fucking <laughs> watching dogma and going like, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> like, Lance Moore says I'm God. good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> like, Isn't that ironic? <laughs> uh, I heard that Dishwalla song. They said that God was a woman. <laughs> they did it. Shook my the, face. What if God was one of us was a real turning point for me. <laughs> my favorite Osborne. It's a catchy song. It is a very catchy Which song. Which one? What if God was one of us by Joan Osborne. By Joan Osborne. I love Just it. Just a stranger on the bus trying to was, make his way home. Wasn't that, didn't, didn't um, Mike Myers sing that as Dr. Evil or something? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that's my, be- that's my favorite version. Of that one. <laughs> Probably the best version too. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've gotten all that out of the way, uh, Adam has come up and with we're 30 a, minutes in. Yeah, <laughs> 30 minutes in. So you want to stretch it out more? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a tentative list. And that's of- not his way of asking if you're circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> But I have made a tenet- I just made a list of topics that come to mind whenever I thought there's there's these things that are up for debate because uh, one thing that's big for me and I've, as I've gotten older it's become more and more apparent is that it comes across as crazy to me that any like one sect thinks that they're definitively correct because all of it 
is up for interpretation. So I've uh, read enough or listened to enough uh, of the Bible to know that like this story, yeah, I, I listened to an audiobook know, to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Darren L. Slider. Check it out. Libervox. This dude has got the boringest voice on the planet. <laughs> It will put your ass to oh, sleep. Oh, I thought that was like a version of the Bible I didn't know, like King James and <laughs> no, New no. American and then like Daryl Slider. I'm like, <laughs> no, so like that. <laughs> there's an app called Levervox mm-hmm. and it's every book in the public domain is an, has an audio book version. So oh. I would listen to these Old Testament, like I said, to be able to tease my mom mostly. And, um, and I would listen to this guy and he does Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus like in a row, mm-hmm. and his voice will knock you out. <laughs> it's just the most boring voice of all time. But I know those books of the Bible like super well because I've, li- <laughs> I've listened to them a lot. And uh, so as I've listened to or read like when I was younger, or just knowing enough about it, is you're like, none of this is definitive at all. Mm-hmm. Like the stories, you can take different meanings from them, and different sects of different churches, they say, oh, well, it means this, or oh, it means that. Unless God's in your ear telling you this is what this definitely means. Which it could have been for the writers. Sure. Yeah. And that's what the, that's what the, the angle is, right? But uh, and even that's the thing. So even the writers, that's a, a translation from a translation from a translation. Yeah. Uh, sure. Happened hundreds of years after. Do we, don't, do we don't really know who the writers were? Is there even a definitive opinion of who wrote what? There, even amongst, uh, there's, there's, that's the scholarly, I think, part of it. There's people who I've talked to in the past, and I'm certainly no expert on this, who say like, there's, there's, they study the, like the real theologians get into that. They get into the nitty gritty of what like was going on at the time. The what are the languages? What mm-hmm. was being spoken? How does the translation differ from its original intent? Like they dissect all that kind of shit. But then again, stuff. how do you know that that's the oldest version of that even? Because my big thing. Um, so the first topic was going to be like the origin of religion, mm-hmm. and for me, like there's because I've I took ancient literature in college, which is the first time I really had any exposure to. Adam just told this talk because he wanted to flex nuts. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, a community. Yeah, I have a Lone Star Community <laughs> <Yeah>. College. <laughs> Really, he's like, look, on I, li- I fall asleep every night to audiobooks. I've studied. <laughs> yeah, uh, after I do my thousand push-ups. Uh, <laughs> but um, so the, my first exposure to hearing any older text, mm-hmm. uh, and based on carbon dating and all that, and that's a whole other issue. But this older text than the Bible in written form mm-hmm. could have been around longer in verbal form. Um, that had similarities to stories in the Bible. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Like the like ancient Mesopotamian uh, stories where they have a flood story and they have a virgin birth story. I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me this is older than this. Are you sure? Cause there's some, there's some major similarities. And I was like, well, how is this possible? So I was shook by that. And, um, so I've talked about that in agnosium do to my think, professor. Let me ask you, in the do you think class. like it's, do you think it's just kind of like two sides of the same coin? That's yeah. yeah you that's know what, what I mean? I like, think like Mel Gibson made passion of the Christ and apocalyptico. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it just okay. apocalyptico? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> apocalyptico. Whatever. But he's like, Shadrach he made a movie about the Mayans and Christ. Okay. Yeah. So like he gets it. Yeah. He's making another one, right? Is he? Passion 2? Jesus 2, yeah. Electro Boogaloo? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I think the thing he about- He is making a new Jesus, like a new- uh, With a- uh, uh, Bible movie. Yeah. It's about the resurrection, right? I don't know. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing about the origin of all this stuff is like, if you know where it came from, like, you know, like, so like, I think the easiest ones to kind of maybe throw some shade at is like the Mormons or Scientology. When you like the guy who came up with Scientology was alive a few years ago. Right. right. Like you can go, okay, well. So time has legitimacy. We not that, but like you can you can go. Oh, that guy—he's a science fiction writer. He's crazy. Uh, we, oh yeah, we can, we can kind of disprove, or we can kind of go. Yeah, there's probably not all these alien whatevers. And the Mormons had the dude. You know, Joseph Smith was like. They, it seems like all origin stories start with I got some special message from God that no one else got, which is conspicuous at best. You know, like that's how but a lot of the religions kind of start. And you, like Muhammad is kind of like that. He went away in mm-hmm. the woods and got a thing. And, you know, it's like, it's all, it's kind of, it's, it can sound like a total cop out, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh yeah, God told me, but oh, no one else was there. Oh, you no. mean like Moses? In a sense, or yeah. Abraham. Those, yeah, like those kind, of, yeah. those kind of things you have to just take. You go, oh, well, this guy came up with it. He went to his own. He went away and got a, got the a special message that no one else. And I think that makes the origin stories a little more, a little sometimes easier to pick apart and go, well, I don't trust that guy. Or it kind of makes you go, what's the, what's, I guess just what's the truth here? When right. It's just funny. Like I, I have a kind of a, a perspe- perception that's maybe like that. There maybe there is one God thing going on, mm-hmm. and a lot of the religions, like I'll say this, like some seem some seem genuine in their pursuit, and right. some seem like to me like the Mormon or the Scientology stuff can kind of seem like a little too contrived for to create power or or something for themselves. So some some feel more legitimate, like the legitimate. Mitt Romney just turned off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He was just about to be a supporter. <laughs> some some seem legit and some don't. Oh uh, yeah, I, I agree. G- that. Genuinely so, searching for truth. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I could would categorize. There's two big chunks. There's so, got to be something to the element of how knowledge is shared. Too going back to that long ago, like the origins. Yes. Tribal knowledge yeah. is usually told through some sort of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's effective, and so as uh, you know, these stories started to pop up. It's the chicken and the egg. Who did it first? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But the story was obviously good enough that it bared repeating. And then similarly to what you were talking about, the translation of a translation of a trans, you know, stuff like that. It evolves um, over time, and it kind of changes, and the the players change or the names might change mm-hmm. but what it, what's fascinating to me uh, similarly to Drew's point is that there's this there's a commonality that no matter what kind of you're looking at whether it's the ancient ancient stuff the pre-christian stuff the post-christian stuff the modern islamic stuff in a lot of ways there's a through thread to it uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the values are the same it's like know? teaching you how to live a good life mm-hmm. before yeah. And it's like before they had they had enough time um, to know what works and what doesn't work, but they had to find out a way to make it to where it was memorable. So they put all these. Well, my best guess so far is the origin is like there was an original truth, uh, and then a game of the the longest game of telephone ever yeah. was played. <laughs> so a That's lot a of really good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these. You, so you think that some people, ancient people, just knew. 
exactly what God was. He's saying they had telephones. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the 5G yet, but they, <laughs> they had LTE. No, just one, one G, one God. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, and it, even if you were to take the Christian take, another wrinkle you could have in there is that they were all on the same page. Tower of Babel scattered everything. Mm-hmm. This is what blows my mind about all these stories that when I was a kid, I was here in like Sunday school and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, this is probably like a whole book of the Bible that they were just condensing for a sermon. Uh, mm-hmm. This just this Sunday when it's the polar opposite in the Tower of Babel story. That's like a paragraph, <laughs> a yeah, paragraph a that just skips, like just skims over the distribution of the entire world and languages and all this stuff. Like, can we spend a little bit more time? Because it's all about interpretation at the end of the day. Like religion is kind of how you interpret things to mean something about the nature of God and the universe. And so like, it's Mm -hmm. all up to personal. You mean people read, I mean, obviously we have like a million different kinds of Christian churches, Right. right? Like we all, we all read that and interpret it. Interestingly, and slightly differently because it's not it's not an easily definitive there's only one answer kind of book even just the christian bible mm-hmm. in itself there's a million different kinds of I would churches. say that's true for like any major religion yeah. there's you mean I'm, you talk to anybody of any major faith like they can talk that you know different you know groups of monks or whatever they're all going to have different takes on it yeah it's yeah. a pretty universal thing because they're all written in such a way to, I think, I don't know. They just, get, whoever wrote it gives you their take on it. But then, yeah. and, you know, you and I, we're all unique. So we can all see things from diff- totally different perspectives because we're all totally different people. And I think a lot of it really has to do, at least, at least for, in my experience, a lot of like my faith or my experience with God and religion comes down to my experience. Yeah. And I've noticed that people who've had more negative experiences tend to be more jaded and more cynical. Yeah. And then people who've had more positive experiences tend to be more hopeful and more, up, you know, uplifted by it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that have had a mixture of both. Yeah. And it really just comes down to what is your experience taught you? Because unless you've lived isolated and never have been exposed to any form of religion, then you go read a book, you're not going to have like any, that that's going to have some sort of effect on you. Yeah, that's a good, I'd be like some sort of weird, very terrible science experiment. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to let this kid grow up and no one's going to tell him anything. We're just going to see if he assumes that there's a God. Right? Right. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Or like, you know, there's just no way to know. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you're, I think the thing about experience is interesting because like growing up for me, in the Baptist side of things, it was like not about your experience. You were taught to ignore your experience mm-hmm. and just believe what's in the Bible. So, like, oh, no matter what your so experience unhealthy. happens, you go, in well, you have to explain anything away with, mm-hmm. with something in the Bible. So, if grandma dies unexpectedly, God wanted it that way. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the way God, you know, we don't know why, but we know that God wanted it that way. And no matter what terrible or good or whatever thing happens, there's always this like book of answers, standard responses you have to go to and you can't. Uh, and, and there's parts of me that still appreciate part of that, mm-hmm. not being easily swayed by your experiences or let, let your experiences harden you or right. break you. You know, there's something, to, there's something about that, but also you can't ignore. No, you can't ignore your all experiences. Your experience, whether right. you want to or not, it's in there. Right. I think a yeah. big part of why religion works 
And I definitely think it, it works. Like whether it's to, to, yeah, I drove past Lakewood Church on the way here. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's got some really good qualities, I think, and it helps to keep some people that would be less moral, more moral. But what I think the value of, of it is, is that it makes you think about yourself less. Hey, shut the fuck up. I just thought of something. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm was sorry. that in Genesis or <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Matthew three fourteen? Because <laughs> Dan Hornstein said so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that uh, the, a lot of that is to, like I said, a lot of all the religion, the through line is it's about living a, the best possible life or a a life that where you're charitable you're not coveting you're not you're not stealing i think a lot of it is to like control population uh, populations or control people keep people from doing uh bad things and if it's shame that's going to keep them from doing it that works and then also like i think that like with that prayer or meditation or certain psychedelics that where you get rid of the sense of self I think there's something to be said for that that makes people happier. So when you go and you pray, you're focusing on other things mm-hmm. or you're, fo- you're focusing your thought on one thing or another. Right. Yeah. So I think that, that has beneficial effects on the psyche, whether it's meditation, prayer, whatever. Right. And I think that's another, like, like friend, uh, what's a, another benefit of being in a religion. Well, I guess also depends on like you, you, I'm hearing something you say that I've experienced differently since we're just going back to experience. Like you say, religion's about like control or becoming a better person. For me, more like my faith. It could be used for that. I don't think that's it, the exclusive. No, no, I, I, I didn't think you were saying that. For me, it's also like more of like what, at least for me, I'm tend to be very self-aware. I'm, I try to be very self-aware of who I am and, and what I do. you still wore that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Not my, my clothes, but I try to be very self-aware of like who I am, my character, how I behave, how I treat people. And for me, it's very important to do my best. Mm-hmm. That's just a very big personal thing for me. It's always been since I was young, you know, for my twenties there, I kind of threw that out for a while. But then as I got older, I was like, no, I want to be a good person. I want to, you know, become a better person over time. And for me, I know it's like a lifelong journey, not like, okay, I can attain this level. And then I'm, I got it all figured out. I'm, I'm never going to have anything all figured out. But for me, it's like my faith gives me the hope and belief that I can become a better person and that I have help from God to help me do that. Mm-hmm. And I also am the first person to admit, like, I'm not perfect. And I, I run into fairly frequently people like, oh, well, I gave up on faith or church or God because there's so many hypocrites out there. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I've experienced that. Everybody's experienced that. And I was like, and I'll be the first person to tell you, I, I make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll own it. And I'll, sometimes, you know, people have to say, Oh, Mark, you did this. You were kind of a jackass. And I'll like, stop. And they'll catch me off guard. I'm like, Whoa, Hey. And when I do, I'll like go and apologize because I'm like, you know, I don't want to be the kind of person that drags somebody else down or mm-hmm. hurts my family or hurts my friends. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to be a source of positive joy and love in the people in the life around me. That's good. I think, I think another thing like, like Adam said too, was like the kind of con- not, you said control people, but I think, Steer them, maybe is a better word for it. If maybe you think back to ancient times, 
for for a community to work. Yeah, for, exactly. For yeah. everyone to like work together if they all can agree on what's good and bad mm-hmm. and what what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do, it just makes it work. Mm-hmm. And it gives it a reason as to why this is good and this is bad. Yeah. If you're searching for that and if if it's if you're not sure on how to justify it, yeah. having a deity. Yeah. It gives you that, it, and it, it kind of puts it in. I Plus, like the idea that, uh, I don't know, as far as, because I think the original question was like, is, you, you were, you were kind of posing this to us as like, is there a one true mm-hmm. right. uh, religion versus another? In other words, I like the idea that you should take a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally subscribe to the idea that uh, I, do, I do believe in a God, but I think that that God works through both Jesus and Muhammad and... Buddha and this and that, and so it's all coming from the same. Terrible heretic, is and I absolutely am. It, look, I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. Okay, did you watch Star Wars I and Star, Star Trek? Wars. I did. I watched both of them because I think there's value to both. I think you should try to like take a little bit from both of them. You know, there's certainly. That, I think and I like a lot the idea that. that there are a lot of really good lessons to be learned from all major religions for sure. And like, I, I like so. There's some religion, I can't remember what it's called, but it basically is that. It's like a mixture of everything and it takes the best of everything. But that's kind of tricky too, because like different different religions have very contrasting and like opposites in this. So how can you say like, I'm going to cherry pick this thing and that thing and, and that's going to become my thing. I, it's, it's, I, I get what you're saying and it's, it's a, uh, so you're not going to go to his church on Sunday. I mean, I'm not like, yeah, <laughs> he's starting one. I was a big fan. If he needs Let's a get bit. real for a second. I'm not like reading. Okay. <laughs> not even listening. I'm not, no, I'm not listening to audio books. I'm just like talking to <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, you're, I mean, there's, there's a lot of confliction. And so I think the challenge, I think what, what the, the design of it is, and this is, this is just my interpretation is you got to work through to find what is the source of truth in all of them. And the, the, once you find that, that's really the piece of the puzzle. That's the, that's the part, that's the Da Vinci code kind of thing that unlocks all of it for you. And that's what we should spend our, our time doing is trying to find Watching out Dan what Brown is that one movies. thing. <laughs> Watching some fucking Dan Brown with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks he, he would not, not steer, steer you wrong. wrong. Thank you. See? <laughs> Did we just Amen. get it? We just fucking moment. figured it out. Um, On to the next one. Because there's, because no, I, I think there's a lot of bullshit and I think there's a lot of opposition on purpose. I think that's part of the design. And I think the goal is to work through that and to get through the details and the muddle and the muck mm-hmm. of it to find like what's really going on here. And at the, at the core of it, a lot of it is like, Hey, believe in something bigger than yourself. Be selfless. Do more for other people than you do for yourself. And just don't be a dick. Right. You know? like, Golden rule, which was eerie. So that was another thing that I learned in that, that college class uh, was they, they went through this, this example of like basically the Bible had the concept of the golden rule at a very similar time that um, I think it was Hindus had the exact like similar concept. And then another ancient religion had a similar concept. It was like all roughly at the same time period mm-hmm. and the very different parts of the globe. I was like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but like you said, that just do unto others as you would do on like what you want to be done unto yourself. Just like a great, axiom to live by but back to kind of what we were saying it will lead into our next topic is i think it's a lot more effective to get people to follow rules when uh everlasting life is tied in versus just your king doesn't like this or that 
So you can get a tribe or a city or whatever to follow these rules, not just for one generation, but for multiple generations when you tie it to a deity. And then especially if you tie it to a deity and an afterlife that's forever. Mm -hmm. So the next topic is uh, the afterlife, heaven, hell, thoughts on that. And we can dive deeper into that. So I started the last one, I think. Mm -hmm. So if somebody else feel free to give their their thoughts on the afterlife. <laughs> one, two, three, not it. <laughs> it's really hard. I would yeah. say like, that's something that I still like kind of, you still struggle with to come up with where I want to land on that because I grew up super hardcore, like heaven and hell mm-hmm. for sure. Like the burning pit forever. Hate me. Like you will you know, forever burn. And I, as a 10 year old, that was a little traumatizing Yeah. when it's like, Hey Drew, if you don't get this right, you're going to burn in hell forever. So yeah. uh, I think you know what you need to do. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Drew's like, you're right. I'm out of here. <laughs> that was, that's, a, that's very intense, you know? And I mean, I've read all the, I've read the books. Like if, uh, Rob Bell came out with his books about, yeah. Um, uh, and then Who? Francis Chan had Rob Bell Rob, the left Rob, behind series. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. I like, all right. All right. I'm Rob surprised you're referencing that, but okay. Rob Bell I told had, you it's all pop culture for me. <laughs> Rob Bell had love wins. Yeah. And then explain. So that's why I had, I wanted to have this conversation. So I have multiple people. You can't just drop the name of an author and be like, Oh, you guys get it. I've never heard of this person. So, so yeah. explain the, the underlying concept. I mean, it's been a while since I read it, but Rob Bell's a very progressive. What if it was like this? Like God, rush? God is kind of, yes. yes wow. Yeah. Everything's in weird timings. Rob Bell and Getty Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's just more progressive. He kind of, he doesn't tie himself too tightly to the interpretation of the script. He kind of like creates kind of a fresh kind of interpretation of some of that stuff. And oh, I like that. his thing is kind of like, um, it doesn't make common sense that there's, that God would punish people forever because that's doesn't seem like the content of All God's loving character. God. Yeah. Right. So that was always a big beef for me. And I've mm-hmm. had that conversation with, with, with my mom and other people like, a lot. It's like, yeah. so you're telling me that all loving God is going to be cool with losing over 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what this is. That, does that make sense to anyone? Like, so he's cool with damning people who had made a decision for a maximum, like a hundred something years, depending on the old Testament, several, a couple hundred years, but in modern days, only like a hundred years max. So what you do in a hundred years, you deserve to have repercussions for an unthinkable amount of time. Right. Even make the, they make the case in the book, or he made the case when promoting the book, like if a 17-year-old person dies, right. Right. would you punish them for an eternity for the amount of mistakes they could only have made in 17 years of life? Yeah. Does, does that make it sense? And I think the, the fundamental Christian upbringing in me would be like, well, God is love, but God is also justice. And if you have a... If he's a truly good God, there's this there's this weird balance that's hanging where he's this loving God, but he also has to obey the rules because he is God, and that kind of what makes him God. So that's like the that's the weird back and forth that you have to like bounce around in your head if you come from like a more fundamentalist mm-hmm. type based, of Christianity based on one interpretation. So uh, on my YouTube level of research, <laughs> did you listen to this before you went to bed? No, I, so, for whatever. And I don't know what the reason is. This he was is like, on it, Rob Lowe's YouTube. <laughs> or whatever that guy's name was. I'm, at, I'm looking into this guy. Uh, Rob Lowe's talking about Gotti Lee from Rush. 
I don't know when Rob Lowe got into religion, but <laughs> probably after his case where he had to make up. <laughs> but uh, uh, one thing that was uh, always been fascinating to me is there are multiple different interpretations written just read straight from scripture like different uh, translation all the way back to the oldest form of it there's like three different versions of hell mm-hmm. like hell is talked about in the bible way more than heaven which is odd but way more yeah but um so there's like one version is fire and brimstone kind of a version the other one's like a separation uh from god for eternity mm-hmm. and the third one is like this is just what the earth, what your time on earth is, is like a separation, a temporary separation from God or mm-hmm. yeah. some form of spirit. And another thing about hell is like, there's a lot of books, the chapters of the Bible that reference hell and these, and they, you watch these videos, which like I said, YouTube level of research. So this could be complete fake videos, but they're like talking about like there's actual sh- videos of hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get there? Yeah. But, but no, like, there's like different words they would use. That's another thing. With they'll use different words for God throughout the Bible. Yeah, they use yeah. different words for hell throughout the Bible. Right. And one of them is like Sheol. That's yeah. one they yeah. use a lot. And it was a literal place that existed that was like a dump where they would yeah. burn trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So how do we know that they meant an everlasting fire and brimstone when they could just been like? you've wasted your life. You might as well be on the trash pile in mm-hmm. Sheol. Yeah. So that's another thing. So it's like, I have these, those are the things that you, you can have just different interpretations right. of the exact same text. I like that, that interpretation. Makes that is just like, don't be a garbage ass human <laughs> and you'll be all right. right it goes yeah. back to that. Just be a good person. I, like, I, would say I do like, there's a theory that I read. I don't remember where, and it shit, it could have even been in like a novel, but um, <laughs> I like this though. I like, I, I like ideas. Um, the, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> no, there was somebody had the theory that, that their kind of their conception of hell was that hell isn't, eternal mm-hmm. it's more of a purgatory type thing but you go there and you're you're forced to reconcile with the bad things that you did while you're uh while you were on earth and once you're able to come to enough of a self-awareness or a self-realization where you 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 come to grips you're like i did these bad things i have to atone for it once you've done that then boom you're qualified if you will, to go back, to go into heaven. That's what, and so it's, it's a, it sort of becomes a, um, yeah, essentially like a purgatory, but even in, in like Catholic purgatory, there's, there's three levels. There's Catholics are, are, there's heaven, there's purgatory, and then there's hell. And when you, when you're in hell, there's no out Mm -hmm. for Catholics, but in purgatory, you have a chance. Whereas this is more of like, no, there's just heaven and there's just purgatory, right? And I like that. Th- I like You're that idea. You're in a waiting room until you get your crap together. So is this but a, a waiting room is with a purpose. A- and oh, the yeah. purpose of it is you have to be forced with sure. now, coming is this to a- terms with the bad things that you've done. And you have to really be find your place of true remorse and ready to seek the ultimate that's forgiveness. Very, that's and a then very once Catholic thing. It, it really is. It's got Catholic, Catholic roots. Man, <laughs> you let me tell you. Bad. You want to talk about... That's how you know you're doing it right. That's how you know. <laughs> I was raised Catholic for 18 years. I still feel guilty. <laughs> now, does that take a form of like a reincarnation where you try another life to where you get it? Maybe you get it right this time? Or is it like you're literally in detention and... <laughs> 
<laughs> I heard about like the the concept of purgatory. That's actually know. the Breakfast Club. That's <laughs> all it is. They're dead the whole time. It's like lost. <laughs> but uh, like, so for that that concept never made sense to. Oh, I, I get it. It At makes like, but like, just, yeah. <laughs> Don't if you that forget about case, me as a song to God. <laughs> their second, the second you're in, my like a, simple minds. Oh my God! I'm oh, sorry, but like this, if that, like, so that kind of, I've heard that kind of a similar thing before. So my thought process: if you're in a different realm, you know for sure there is an afterlife. You know for sure that there is a winner. Like, you're like, of course. Why wouldn't you? Be, yeah, let, let me atone for everything as soon as I can, yeah, and yeah. and get there, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's yeah, you're I, saying I, it seems cheap or something like no, I it's, mean, it, it, it's just as plausible as anything else. I get what you're saying, but there's there's a uh, the in the theory that I read or heard about a long time ago. There's there's a genuineness to it that mm-hmm. you know part of part of the uh, the design of it is is you know if God's omniscient, He can tell when you're being genuine and when you're not. So mm-hmm. if you're getting there, you're like, yeah, sorry. My bad. If, if you're like every New Orleans Catholic on Ash <laughs> after Mardi Gras, Whoopsie. you know, that kind of defeats the purpose and you're not, you're, it's going to take you a lot longer until you finally have that true realization. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, whether that's purgatory or, or reincarnation for the same purpose, again, that's, that's where the, the through thread to me is interesting because it's the same concept in both of them, but the details change. Yeah. You right. Know, and the details I figured that that's where I feel like we we try to put the pieces together because it's nothing's ever spelled out for us. If it was spelled out for us, everybody would be doing the right thing all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the it has to be work, it has to be a challenge. So my best guess, what I currently best guess is that hell is just a state of mind that people who live that live through life and just I, li- I like, just got this weird vision of like hell is just a state of mind, but like in this really nice like decorative piece on yeah. like your mom's wall. In kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> hell is just it's like some flowers and country themes. Right next to the Look, I didn't, laugh love. This isn't yeah. the first time things I said gave people visions. <laughs> <laughs> of hell. <laughs> but no, like so for me, and there are uh cr- uh, biblical Christian Bible interpretation that back this up mm-hmm. to an extent is that it's a, a, a state of mind of just like your, your shit is not going, like you're, you're aimless. You're, you're just a selfish being. You're, you're separate from peace. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're separate from, you can say that so separate, from, separate from God, or you can say it separate from the right way of being or the right yeah. way of living life. Mm-hmm. So people who follow these certain tenets that are taught throughout you know, a lot of the major religions, they're living a shitty life, a life that's going to have a lot of mental torment because they're like, they're just not happy. Like you see these people who are rich mm-hmm. or famous and they're just partying up, but they're not having any major purpose. Mm-hmm. They're not really that happy. And then you can see people who are broke as fuck that just have their shit together, that their priorities correct. They're able to live happy lives and go through a lot of tragedy and, and still mm-hmm. have peace. Yeah. So I think that that's my best guess. Uh, as far as what hell is, or like hell is a concept, mm-hmm. I don't believe at all. Uh, a physical. Sorry, mom. Uh, in a, <laughs> and I've talked to her about this, but like in a physical, like cast into hell, I don't I, uh, at all. I 
never have believed that hell is a place where people go and they're like the Rob Bell. When I read that book, love wins, I was like, Oh, somebody else thinks the way I think. And I thought that long before I heard of Rob Bell, because to me, it just didn't make sense. You should have written the book. I, I he, he didn't made a lot think of money writing, but yeah, you know, I could have made a lot of money, but, um, to me, that just that just didn't make sense. I was like, if God is love, then why would he torture people forever? And so for me, I've always believed, okay, do I believe that there's a heaven? Do I believe there's an afterlife? Yeah, sure. But do I believe, like, if people, in the people who reject God, then you're just separated from them. And so then that's kind of like where I go. The thing is, is like, I find it interesting when people like want to get in debates with me about it, but I'm like, I can't prove it to you. Right. You can't prove it to me. So why are we arguing about it? A few like what years, facts are we citing? Exactly. To, to like, I mean, we can throw Bible verses back and forth to each other, but it doesn't do anything. And even those are interpretations. Right. But then saying that that doesn't change. All that does is make me think more what I think is right and make the other person think they're right. There's a friend of mine, a few years after my mom died, he came up to me and I was just having, I mean, this was like three years after I was having a really hard time with it. I was really discouraged. I mean, you go through something like that at 25 and it, it messes you up because it was sudden. And then mm. my sister-in-law was in, 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 in the car too. And she was pregnant too. So like all this Gee. stuff that I was looking yeah. forward to, like having a niece and all this stuff, like that was to me, that was really exciting. Like my brother had a new family. So it's like my dad's dealing with it. My brother's dealing with it. I'm dealing with it. We're all dealing with it in different ways and struggling with it in different ways. And so he comes up to me. He's like, Oh, well, you know, I know God's, you know, showing, you know, has your mom looking at you from heaven right now? And I was like, I don't believe that. He's like, why not? I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. And he goes, what? You don't believe that when you die, you go straight to heaven. I was like, no, I was like, I was like to me, I was like, I, I, after losing my mom, I said, I don't see how that would make sense. He goes, well, why not? I said, if, if she died and she's in heaven now watching her family be miserable and then struggle with all their vices even more, just because I want five minutes of like peace and rest, but I'm tormented constantly and discouraged and just like at the lowest point in my life, I was like, she would be absolutely in tears. Like, why did you take me to heaven? my fam, my son, he is, he is like miserable. I can't stand seeing him like this. And he goes without skipping a beat. He goes, Oh, well he's just making her feel good. And I was like, well, that's manipulative. That doesn't, that's not a loving God. And he goes, but it, she's making her feel good. He's making her feel good. So you should be happy. I was like, but then where does like free will and all that come in? And I think then what's then we're just like, do whatever God tells us to do. So yeah. then what does choice even matter? That's another like, thing. So that, that's why I don't believe in, you know, I was like, do I believe in heaven? Sure but do I believe we go there directly when we die? I was like, no, I was like the stuff like that. I just, it just doesn't add up to me. Mm. And so he like wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, dude, I was like, you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, I don't respect the fact that you believe that and he's like, Oh, but this should bring you peace. I was like, if anything, it, the thought of that bothers me more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. about ghosts? I don't believe in ghosts either. Okay. Do I believe that like stuff can like supernatural stuff? Sure. I've seen some weird stuff that I can't explain, but I don't have an explanation other than something supernatural, but I don't believe it was a ghost. I a hundred percent. Like, so my thought process on, uh, not necessarily ghosts, but, uh, and this sounds super crystally, uh, but some form of energy, uh, and it's just weird. Like, like you, you, how do you explain like near death experiences and all this stuff that's, it's very like, Oh, this warmth, uh, seeing my old, my grandmother, see, being able to see like the surgery that uh, it's being performed on me. Like the astral projection type stuff. Yeah. But like, have you ever watched that show on Netflix called OA? No, it's interesting. Uh, but it's like basically 
I, the best I understand, because I've not read a ton, any about like uh, it him, sounds like a hit, show that would come on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> what am yeah. I thinking of? The OC. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, great show by the way. It's uh, on your list right after Rivendale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Riverdale or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, what's Rivendell? Oh, that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's Lord of the Rings, the city. Nerd. J.R. Tolkien. Uh, mm. He was a super religious guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, there is some kind of weird. But couldn't that energy. just be like brain chemistry? Isn't it so easy to say, like, yeah, when you're in a near death situation, your brain goes weird, and you you flash back through memories mm-hmm. and thoughts and feelings, and yeah, that's way less believable than something I've never had any tangible feeling towards. What are you talking about? Like, so people who say like, oh, can that just be chemicals? Same with like, whenever you take uh, psychedelics or so I hear, yeah. um, in case you're listening, but <laughs> if she's made it this far, it's okay to tell her if you dropped acid, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that, that connectedness and all that stuff. Why is that in the brain? Why is that that? And why is it, it shrouded? If it is exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then why do you need DMT to fucking unlock it? You know? Well, uh, so uh, there's this, uh, Sam Harris. He's and why a- is it so short? <laughs> why does it cost so much? Yeah, why does it cost so much? It only lasts like ten minutes. Dave, <laughs> Joe Rogan, yeah. <laughs> talking to you. But like, what? So what is that unlocking it? Why would that chemistry be in your brain? But they say that. So this, there's this guy, uh, Sam Harris. He's a uh, he's atheist, but he's like a big meditative guy and and um, neuroscientist. Yeah. And they've done like studies on the brain and the the state that your brain is like the way you, the way it lights up. Which we have a super rudimentary mm-hmm. understanding of the brain. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, the th- areas that light up during a... Adam just uh, has a super rudimentary... Under, a super super I'm rudimentary. glad that you doubled that <laughs> and fucked that up. Yeah. Give him time. Yeah. He's got it. Yeah. Go on, Drew. <laughs> I can't even say it now. It's worthless. It's just worthless. It's a worthless yeah. myth. You, you, hold on for later. I'm sure I'll give you another opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> The, the same chemistry lights up during a, a, a psychedelic trip mm-hmm. versus super like meditative state versus like like super religious prayer like state. Like speaking in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen, that same I saw a chem- Dateline thing on that. Yeah. They talked a, about how they do we, like MIT scans and stuff. MRI scans? <laughs> the fuck ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Massachusetts. In- <laughs> tech- God damn it. <laughs> See, it's all of us. It is. It's everywhere. It's the Holy Spirit. Apocalypto. <laughs> Apocalypto. I don't know. When Apocalyptico. It comes, when it comes to psychedelics, I am under the perception that some people think that you are, you know, connecting with the universe. And I think I take, I like that idea a lot, but I still kind of hold to like this. This is just you short wiring your brain to feel weird stuff. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But why would that brain chemistry react so similarly for three drastically different things? Like, why is that brain chemistry there for somebody that were created in a well, it's not there. You're, you're, Is it you're the taking... same spot that like releases dopamine? I mean, I can't remember. Because it's... there's there's a certain... I mean, to I can see both sides of it, right? Like, when I was in college and I was in 20s and I was doing a lot of drugs, 
I was very much for a certain time, like full of, uh, head up my ass. And I was totally like, it's a spiritual experience. In hindsight, I'm like, no, dude, you were just really high. <laughs> <laughs> but also, so were a lot of other people throughout history yeah. right. that used those kind of experiences to turn them into stories about Inc- X and Including people and, from the Old Testament. Including people from the Old it's Testament. all your interpretation. And they're, they're, the reality is, <laughs> yeah. is that a lot That's of true. different... I mean, it doesn't explicitly uh, say. A lot of different groups use psychedelics for that kind of purpose because right. that's what they believe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a rationalization for it from your perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I see their side of the yeah. the, uh, the side of the street, too, and I could see their perspective on it also. I think, I mean, again, there's kind of a happy balance between the two of them <laughs> is if you spend all your time high on LSD, <laughs> uh, you know, you're probably going to shortchange yourself out of the experiential part of coming to a spiritual understanding of something that's only come through a good worthwhile experience where you're engaged and you're interacting with other people and you're making mistakes and you're learning from that. But at the same time, if you can use something like that to sort of springboard you into a better mindset to where you're more receptive to an idea or a belief system of some sort, then by all means, go for it. You know, at at the very least. This podcast endorses drug use. (laughs) (laughs) And Juan's not here to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So along with. uh, I'll speak on his behalf. (laughs) (laughs) Do a little seance and get him in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm telling you. Does Ouija anybody boards. else have any thoughts on afterlife, whether it heaven or hell? That before we move on to the next topic, no. I didn't. I don't know. I asked about ghosts because I don't know how I feel so, about ghosts. Yeah, I'm, so not, ghosts, I'm undecided. Ghosts, I'm ghosts is actually much... related to this next topic. So the next topic okay. is thoughts on devils, angels, demons, witches, nephilim, occult, and their role in your daily life. So a ghost could be. So Another interpretation of a ghost could be an angel or a demon. What if it's like the movie Ghost? <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> you remember? Swayze? I don't like pottery. All right. <laughs> I swear you got to at least no, like hey, the right corner. Okay? I mean, come on. <laughs> Growing up for sure. The Christian fundamentalist family would be like, "There's no such thing as ghosts. Those are demons." Oh, <laughs> yeah, but they had oh. both in the movie. Thanks you remember? For, I don't. And, and so they had both ghosts <laughs> and Wait, demons. Are we still talking about the movie Ghosts? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to talk about Point Roadhouse, Break, and then we're going to talk about Roadhouse. <laughs> all, go, all dogs go to That's heaven. That's formed my theology. entire theological <laughs> belief system out of Swayze movies. <laughs> all right, Angels in the Outfield. Donnie Darko in. was a real mind fuck. <laughs> 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 R.I.P. Oh uh, yeah. I don't think uh, I'm I'm anti ghosts. I, mean, okay. I have zero experience to think that there's freaking ghosts. Yeah, like Do I you said, have any experience that makes you think that there aren't ghosts? Yeah, all of my experience. <laughs> <laughs> you realize somebody somebody can say the exact same thing about God or the devil. Yeah, yeah. Never had 14 any direct seasons of Ghost Adventures would disagree. Brick moves. Are you just saying that because yeah. you look like Zach Fagan from the show? You, you put God Hunters on Netflix, you see how yeah. good it does. God Hunters. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's it's just a, it's more of a hunch, and it just doesn't seem logical that when you die, you can just like come back and float around. And and so and we're separate. I like the so idea that you leave behind like an imprint. 
Uh, yeah, but like what ghosts are never doing anything like cool. Yeah, they're always doing boring shit. They're that's the like, thing about ghosts. Like they're just God, what are they up? They're to? just there. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah, they're not for like, them. Like they're like, boo, I died here. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I don't believe in that kind of ghost at all. Oh. That's like all the ghosts. Well, what stuff. what other kind of ghost do you believe in? Like I like spirit kind of a thing. Like it would have to be like somebody related to you, I would assume. Not or, like the, I have unfinished business on earth. No. Okay. I don't yeah. believe in that. So, I don't know. I have no, I, right, I, like you said, logically, I'm like, why would that exist? Unless about, they're like in purgatory. Or what about Slimer? Or it's one? just like, you're just a vapor and you eat hot dogs. And shit. <laughs> I like that, that one movie. Yeah. What was that movie where somebody like got hit by or this whole bus of people died? Yes. And yeah. they had to have unfinished business. And there's just one person. That's that Heart could, and Souls. It's an adorable yeah, little movie. That's a good Robert movie. Downey Downey movie. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's heartwarming. Highly movie. recommend. Tom Sizemore's in that. He shows him Playboys. Wow. As, as Tom, as Tom Sizemore has yeah. not changed. It's yeah. like a pre-crack cocaine Tom Sizemore. <laughs> and his name is Sizemore? Yeah. Weird. It's like he'd made that and then Heat. He was on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a lot. He was the same Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah. He's been a lot of great movies. It's like in the 90s were good to him. Everything yeah. after that. I think if you... He was on Always Sunny. After he got... Yeah. The Lot I mean, Lizard after scene. Got, lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he screwed his life up on drugs. Probably left. He was too far from God. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on angels, demons, and second the- favorite Dan Brown book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the like, har- super hard to explain Old Testament. The no debating it. Jewish, Christian. I think Islam uses the Old Testament too, or portions of it. Uh, the Nephilim. The mixture of angels and human. I have no can't get around it. No thought on the Nephilim. I've never dived into that personally. I'll have none of them. It's another one of those things. It's a really short portion of it's Genesis. A very short portion of Genesis. Yeah. Well, it's longer than the Tower of Babel story. But Still basically, that and that was the reason for the flood. Was you sure that wasn't Nephilim. just the part where you fell asleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on acid at the time. So, <laughs> so then you I was watching sleeping. that awesome yeah. uh, Noah movie with uh, Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me he would lie to me. I actually so, enjoyed that movie. I never saw it. <laughs> it's not. It's not great, but I liked it. But like that. That's it. There's like these mixture hybrids in the Bible mm-hmm. that were super corrupt had to get. F- Taken out by the flood. There's, there's also like, I've heard two sides of that too. I've heard people that are like, Oh, it's these angel human hybrids. And then other people are like, no, it was just people. And like, it's just, like I said, everything is open into interpretation. Cause I've heard the, yeah, other the stuff, way they phrase it. It's, they, it's not saying that. So it's like pretty hard to say. It's not the, uh, <laughs> implying that legit angels fallen like angels were mm-hmm. straight. Well, also like if you read some humans, if you read books like Peter ends has a lot of interesting books where he, uh, one of them is called like, uh, how the Bible actually works or something like that. And he goes into like the way that uh, ancient writers were like, they didn't hold on to the facts and truth. Like we do now. Like we would say a lot of that stuff, like the odyssey, like Like there was an actual cyclops or siren. Oh brother, where art thou? Like his take on some of the ancient writing is that, this is a, a story that was concocted to, and the truth in it, it there's truth in it, but mm-hmm. the actual details of the story may not be 
all the way true, but it's to, it's a bigger point. There's a moral to it. It's trying to teach you the character of God or what God likes and dislikes or something like that. So like there's, there is people who take that line as well. well that's yeah. Which is actually the I next topic as well. Just is, across the board. That's, that's yeah. Why not? My, mm-hmm. Why not have it all be a myth building, yeah. but with a positive message. So that was like the, actually the next topic is like literal translation versus myth and interpretation are getting a point across. Right. Do you have to actually believe that there were literal half hybrid giants that were on the, on the planet that had to get wiped out and start the world over? Or is that some kind of interpretation and just people were wiling and, um, because it's the flood. That's another thing. So the flood is super universal across many almost cultures, all, almost right, all religions. Yeah. Right. They all have a flood myth. Right. Which makes me think that there was definitely a flood at some so, point. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whether it was the entire world, or whether it was Katrina or Harvey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't have an Astros championship without a flood. So um, <laughs> let's do another one. And no, okay. <laughs> no, time for a rewrite. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, so it's just interesting that so it was that. I would think would be literal, but their explanation for why it had to happen across different religions are like vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. My parents and, and our, all the upbringing, all my family, where I came from is absolutely literal. Like six day creation, like all the just super, super literal. Everything is to be interpreted literally. So the entire population and was also made up of like six people that were in the ark. Well, it was a couple of families, but, um, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically like it's the two things that I think hold that make it very interesting to believe that is like, typically the two things are, um, literal truth and the God, the Bible is inerrant in the sense that it is God's literal word. Yeah. So like God whispered at the very least, God whispered into someone's ear and they wrote it down. Like that's how I was taught. But how do we know? Up. Like a day to God isn't like, right. A billion exactly. years, you know. Right. He's like, yeah, oh, that was one day. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's actually a book that I tried uh, that I read. You tried to listen to shortly after that <laughs> class in community college because this because uh, I was like, I was like, asked some questions. I was always that that prick in the real class. scholarly. Yeah. No, they would be they would always ask questions. Yeah. Like I wouldn't just sit there and take notes. Oh my god, did you I have was, like a God's Not Dead experience where like you took a philosophy class and like Kevin Sorbo tried to make you say that God was dead and you were like, I can't do it. You had to prove it. Are you talking about Hercules? And then, yeah. Did you ever see that movie? No. Okay, never mind. Uh, but this lady gave me this book. It was called The Science of God. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. I like really enjoyed it. And that was, that's what I, that's definitely what I still subscribe to in, in terms of evolution mixed with creation. So intelligent design and evolution are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't sure. pick that as a topic, but, um, but a lot of, I would say the vast majority of Christians, I wouldn't say Jews and Christians are like, no, this, there was no evolution. Humans are humans. Their dinosaurs were a trick buried in the ground. <laughs> kind of like to question our faith, mm-hmm. but like, um, I would say well, you, it's pretty uncontroversial to say the majority of Christians aren't subscribers to evolution, right? Or have mm. some kind of tweaked version. It's tough to say, yeah, because there's a lot of progressive people, progressive Christian. There's a big progressive Christian movement that's a little more open to science and a little more going, okay, yeah. look, 
you know, a, a little less literal reading, right. and you can get there pretty easily. So the science of God, basically, that's what they do. Is like you said, like how do we know that God wouldn't use a, a million years for a, a day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does yeah. He define as a day? Right. What's really We're interesting? Making our best I, guess. The right. I they're speaking of all this. Coming back to that, Rob Bell talks about the creation in one of his videos he did maybe like fifteen years ago, and it was actually really interesting. He was talking about how like the story when he he went back and read it, like the story from like the Hebrew culture, the creation as it's written down in Genesis, he says it's like a poem. So he said, it's very, it's, he said he believes it's based in truth, but he said there's like a day is just like an undesignated segment of time. Right. And when he said that something like clicked in my brain, I was like, yeah, why does it have to be like one rotation of the earth? Yeah. I was like, that's yeah, actually really cool. And, way later, yeah. he, and he goes into like a, the detail of that a bit more like into the original writings. And he's like, really, he's like, this is, was written as an oral story to pass on to your descendants. Uh-huh. Or to, sh- <laughs> <laughs> to share, to share, like this is where we came from. This is why we believe what we believe, and that always like really fascinated me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, why would this be one literal day? Like, yeah. if you're God and you're limitless, then why would you be like, oh, I've got to hurry up? You know, it's like right. you can take your time, or you've taken the next step. I think if you're an ancient person, right. Who wants to, you know, understand what's going, you don't have all the science and stuff to understand. Wait, it. So- is it time to talk about the Anunnaki yet? <laughs> Adam and the Anunnaki. <laughs> no, I think that's so what I think. He's, ancient he's people- like the only person that likes Prometheus and that's the only, <laughs> movie. it's a good, he's like movie. the only person that liked that movie. Yeah. Right. Like a fucking machine that's programmed to do appendectomies can do an abortion. Give me a break. <laughs> that's <laughs> your you. problem with it. That's yeah. Amongst the many other, other things that are wrong with that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. You were saying all that just to say that like, yeah, the oral, if it's an oral tradition of ancient people, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's going to be, you know, they're going to craft the story in such a way that it, that it's interesting and it makes sense. And they're not going to be like, well, it wasn't a literal day. Like, they're right. not gonna, right. why would they break that down as right. ancient people? It's going to make sense. It's going to be an easy, tellable, an easy, tellable story. story. And that's yeah. how you teach. That's, right. that's a teaching methodology too. Yes. That's been common since, you know, forever as you tell, you teach somebody something in a story, you know, the, for example, if I, especially when it comes to concepts, right? Storytelling is a teaching method for concepts, which mm-hmm. is why I tend to go more towards the, it's not literal, you need to look past that perspective. Um, a good example is if I want to why you'll be teach, burning in hell later. It, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but not literally. I'm just uh, <laughs> if I wanted to teach the concept of supply and demand, mm-hmm. I could give you the full economic breakdown, or I could say I could give you the Cobra story. And the Cobra story is when British colonists first started hanging out in India, they hated cobras and they would pay a stipend to the Indian people that for every dead cobra they would bring them, they would give them money mm-hmm. with the hope to eradicate the cobras, right? Mm-hmm. That is how G.I. Joe started. Um, I'm sorry. So the Indian people, being as smart as they were, started breeding more cobras to bring these skins. Now, with that little thing, you automatically understand the concept with just that story. Mm. Now you know the concept of supply mm. and demand, and you can explain it in a way that's easy for everybody to understand. Right. So wouldn't it make parable sense with, for a parable, for the whole thing to be full of parables, yeah. right? And then it just kind of... Ex- yeah, I agree. Well. No, yeah, I, that's why I subscribe Some to of the big stories, like, you know, Jesus... 
you tell it four times in a row because <laughs> they don't get it the first time. <laughs> Which is why there's four gospels. <laughs> but like, um, so what's interesting about the creation story in Genesis is the order that they have it go in, like that this day, this happened, this day, this happened. And if you line that up with um, how the world evolved, it's very similar. Like they go like there's life. Uh, the, first the, there's life. A, there's life is first. Life is in the ocean. Yeah. And then there's they crawls like they even they, I think they say like creepy crawly things or something like the interpretations like literally things start creeping. That's on in your the children's earth. Bible. <laughs> That's <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> But then, like, it, as it evolves, it's like that's how the world, as best the scientists can tell, it evolved in that same tract, which is odd to mm. say the least. Yeah. Which is like, why would they put that in that order mm-hmm. when it could have just been like humans were humans? But there's also a really weird thing about Genesis is that so the, there's two creation stories back to back that differ. Yeah. And that will break your brain if you're trying to like think the Bible is Well, sometimes true. Genesis doesn't know what's the best way to lead. You go with Phil Collins or you go Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh! I knew it was coming. I was How, waiting for it. We cannot do an episode with Dan without talking about Phil Collins. <laughs> I feel like that joke deserved a little bit more. <laughs> well, you're wrong about two things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two guests I picked. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jerks. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the point again? I forgot. The two different versions. You're talking about the two contracting Genesis. I think those kind of things are something to think about when, you, when you're trying to determine, am I going to believe the Bible is mm-hmm. literally true? Or maybe, you know, it was constructed in such a way and the, and people played a part in it and mm-hmm. it, it's constructed to say certain things, like especially the New Testament. I think this is the easiest one to say, like the four gospels. Like if you look at the, the story of the birth of Jesus, like the Christmas story, it's mm-hmm. only in two out of four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say if I'm writing the gospel, according to Drew, I'm not going to leave out the fact that the dude is more like God incarnate incarnate. And, and that's totally left out of two of the gospels. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just, and then there's differing stories about, you know, who came to the grave first. There's a million different things and you can do, you can handle that two ways. You can say, Oh, the gospels are broken. They're, they're written by people and they're lying and they're making stuff up. Or if you like Peter ends, which I, I kind of appreciate though, his thing on it is like, once again, ancient people wrote differently and they mm-hmm. rearranged the facts a little bit to make the story make sense. Yeah. Some of these writers are writing to Jews. Some of these are writing to Gentiles. They're, so they're writing to, for a certain audience. And they just didn't hold the facts maybe the same way that we hold it in 2020. So they were written. The four Gospels are written hundreds of years apart. Some of them, right? Like I think I Luke, one of the later ones, is in sort of the a later part where Christianity has been defined. Um, yeah. It's not just this underground movement anymore. It's starting to gain some momentum and stuff. And so um, I don't know if he's the one that skipped it, but it, it could be possible that by the time they got there, they're like, yeah, they told that part already. We're going to get to like some of the here's other some, stuff. Here's some, some other stuff. details. Here's yeah. uh, here's walking on water. In John's case, here's this other. That so also comes be- from different people's perspectives too. Yeah. Right. Four different writers, four different perspectives. Sure. Not to mention, those are just the four that made it in. That's true. There's I, other non-canonical. Stigmata. I have. Uh, <laughs> movie references all never about the Gnostic Gospels. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, like, so, the, what was it? The Gospel Thomas. of Thomas. That was the one from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, that's the one that didn't get canonized where Mary Magdalene was like, 
that's a bigger part of it. One of them. I think that's the one. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And then they had that, what's a, not Versailles, but that, that meeting where all of the, the church- treaty of Versailles. No, it, no, it's <laughs> the house. Nicene, Nicene conference. The Nicene creed is the, what the Catholics say. So yeah, the council of uh, Nicene, that was um, basically when they canonized what was going to get in, what was going to not going to get in. Yeah. And so, and so the, the Nicene creed is a statement from that, that a lot of times they'll say in Catholic mass and it's like this whole long, we believe in God almighty creator of heaven and earth and Jesus Christ, his son, and it lists out, it goes, it's a summary. It's, it's of like, here's just a, elevator speech about how to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they recited a lot of times. So yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. That's where Constantine was not born Christian. Some say he kind of adopted it to get some advantages in certain sure. wars. Mm-hmm. Um, got all these religious people around at the time where science and scholarship wasn't exactly right. The, you know, the peak like we and talked about earlier. there were people who had major agendas on one side or the other. Yeah. And they like, they squashed it once and for all. And what was going to be in, what was going to be out. Mm-hmm. I want my book of Enoch back because that thing is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's some weird stuff in that one. But um, yeah, you look at the Gnostic uh, books. There's some stuff that's very, it's eerily similar to the, the, the Bible. And there's some stuff that is like, Way out there, so I guess I see why. Did you fall guys, asleep to those, those as well? I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. Uh, Librivox has uh, Enoch. I got it right on my little yeah cue right here. But um, that one goes. All, it's like, but that's that being said, I don't know how stigma. Book of Enoch or Book of Thomas. Those got kicked out, but Revelation stayed in. <laughs> so the Revelations, <laughs> I, I we had a in. My junior year in high school, we had a teacher that went to like theology school and he was, he was real big into all that. And he studied, he was going and going to be a priest up until a certain point and he got married. And one of the things that he said they taught him was sort of the history of revelation and how it's very much not meant to be literal, that a lot of it mm-hmm. was written during a time of heavy Christian persecution. And they wrote it almost like in secret code. Mm. As a way of communicating, this to is where six 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 supposed to represent uh, so Nero. I don't, I don't remember exactly uh, what it was. It's possible. That's I don't what know. I heard. But, I um, mean, if you really believe that there's like seven headed beasts with these horns and stuff, it's clearly they're talking about different it's, countries right. and, and armies and r- rulers. And yeah. I think it's yeah. clearly allegory. Or that Metallica yeah. song, the four horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. Like, do I believe a lot of stuff in the Bible? You you know if you choose to believe in the Bible, like a lot of the a lot of the stories in there, do I believe the literal? Do I believe a lot of the teachings are literal? Revelation, do I believe it has merit? Yeah, but it's not t- to be taken literally. It's allegorical. Or it's more of like you know, and and even in the book, John's talking about a vision that he had. Okay, it's a vision. That's not like he didn't. It's a vision, not like I was transported to here and then I. You know what I mean? You know what right. I'm saying? But if it's you, interesting think- that the two things that people seem to disagree on the most, mm-hmm. though, as far as Christianity goes, is the start of it and the, the end, end of it. it. Like they're, <laughs> they're either heavily debated on Genesis yeah. and creationism, or it's the rapture and revelation. Yeah, right. Literally like the first Nobody and last cares chapters about of the whole Bible. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Let's talk about Ruth. Let's talk about some Psalms. You know, was David full of shit? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did those songs suck or not? (laughs) Did Coolio really write that? (laughs) As I walked through the valley of the The shadow of death. Uh, By far my favorite book of the Bible, just as an aside, 
is uh, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> if you read that book, it's like reading philosophy. It's mm-hmm. it's super practical. Like if you listen, read like uh, the teachings of like uh, I want to say the Buddha or it might be Sun Tzu that I'm thinking of, which is I know is not religious, but where it's like no, it's Confucius. Yeah, Confucius. Where you think this is going to be like this super confusing, heady stuff? But it's the like, name. It's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like shockingly applicable and just very um, useful, and it's very. It's like musings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like this is a ways to live a good life. Like that. Like there's nothing new under the sun. And like, yeah. I yeah. tried. I tried getting all the money. I tried getting all the women. I tried this. I tried this. I tried this. I like but that, that one. But that book is like somewhat nihilistic because it's like nothing matters eat drinking be merry right kind of a thing like but it's really it's a is a like a like the easiest read of any book of the bible in my opinion there's also the one that confused just say man who run in front of car is tired yep yeah he who lasts last must not get joke (laughs) (laughs) those are good those are the words to live by <laughs> no proverbs and stuff. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of just like, hey, don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is how you can. Yeah, it's super applicable. I, probably the most uh, applicable book in the Bible for anyone, if, whether you believe, no matter what you believe, you can look at that stuff and go, yeah, there's some good shit there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I mean, my dad wouldn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> he would say great shit there. <laughs> <laughs> So next topic, why are some rules seem to be focused on way more than others? Consequences. The consequences of your actions have different costs. So if you, if you murder someone, if you abuse someone, if you lie to someone, you have three different sets of consequences, depending on the person and the relationship you have to that person. Mm -hmm. To me, at least to me, that's the same. Now, like, Sometimes do people take certain things too far? Sure. There's the self-righteous group of people that just, you know, will sit there and like, oh, well, they, you know, this person has a visible, you know, thing. Oh, this person's an alcoholic. They're a piece of garbage. And but the, that's the same person that goes to church and they're the one that's putting down the pastor, like always being disagreeable and stuff like that when they could be more loving and caring in the local community or their family or their church. Yeah. It's, it's all about, at least to me, like I think that's why certain things get more you know, what, what are you leaving? What mark are you leaving other person? Are you leaving trauma behind or, you know, Mm -hmm. if I, you know, sleep in and miss work, am I a terrible, did I traumatize anybody? No. Or I just didn't feel like going to work and I didn't call in. No, I'm just being lazy and I'm kind of being a jerk, but you know, but like a guy literally two streets down from me stabs four people in his family today. That's going to leave a mark on those people and scar them for life. Literally scar them for life. Literally and figuratively, emotionally, all this other stuff. But I think the thing, I think what you're trying to get at is basically, I think there's certain things that Christians as a whole, Mm -hmm. like really prop up as being the worst, worst, worst. And Mm -hmm. murder's not one of them. Unless you count depends abortion. on who you talk to, though. So, like abortion, it seems like the, as a whole, if you mm-hmm. if you poll everyone, uh, it's abortion and, and gay stuff mm-hmm. are 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 really problematic for the church as a whole, and mm-hmm. they really they bring them up a lot. It's always an issue, and yeah, is it because yeah? I, so I, speaking of the gay uh, the gay stuff. Uh, which I'd really like to dive into quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> Bet you would. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, so, so that's a prime, prime example. So uh, because I listened to this, these audiobooks, I can't remember, I heard, I heard this part 
And it's basically right after they're talking about the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. So the other ten, the, the Big Ten, and like literally, like right after that, they go through a bunch of other rules, and it's like that's like Leviticus. Yeah, yeah, somewhere the in book there. after it's, Exodus. Yeah. yeah, a lot of like the the when people argue against the sensical nature of uh, Christian rules, they like to cite Leviticus rules and say, you know, look, you're obviously we've grown out of some stuff. That's the one where it's like it, it women are menstruating. Yeah, they bad must leave, uh, yeah. leave the city. It, like, don't miss don't mix fabrics and yep. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Don't shave. That's also where is man should not lie with another man and. But right before man should not lie with another man, it's dad shouldn't lie with their mom or their their daughter. Like they go through like a bunch of different incest sexual, is bad. Yeah. They go through a bunch of different sexual stuff, not all incest related, and like this is all bad. And then they have the man should not lie with another man, uh, in the same thing. But like doesn't say anything about two chicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> my point is like, uh, right, brother? No, that's my Patrick. It really, was it really implying what that that's just a experiment? bad thing? <laughs> Do what? Were they implying that that's like a bad thing, or is that could that could they have meant two unmarried men versus two unmarried whatever? Like, so they yeah. did. Do we know that that's what they meant? Did they meant know that that was meant to be like? Well, there's, down upon I think with those, with those two issues specifically, there's, there's a lot of just personal emotion that runs mm-hmm. through it. You know, mm-hmm. people have, uh, they, they, I think they like to tie it to a belief because it's off putting to them in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So if people have a personal prejudice against, uh, the gays or the LGBTQ <laughs> community, I know I said that bad. <laughs> um, I like instantly, as soon as I was like, fuck, uh, <laughs> I think if if for anyone listening, that was Dan Hornstein, <laughs> yeah, talking, uh, <laughs> not Adam J. Radley. <laughs> but if you can tell us apart, you can beat one of us up. <laughs> uh, I think if they're unable to accept it, you know, on their kind of personal terms, mm-hmm. it's real easy to point to take the blame off of themselves and to put it on uh, their, the structure of their belief system. Same thing with abortion, you know, like abortion, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, no, <laughs> pun intended. Oh my wow. God. Wow. Uh, no. Yeah. Not to, uh, no. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no, it, it, like, God, never mind. if you're, if you're not, if you're not open to the idea of it, I can understand that it can be a very difficult thing for you to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Right. I get that. Um, same thing with, with gay rights and, and LGBTQ rights. If you're not open to it, it's going to be very difficult for you to be open to it. So how do you absolve yourself? Put the blame, uh, on your prejudice somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. Say, and it's easy to say, it's not me. Here's where it's written down, mm-hmm. you know, instead of looking past that and trying to see again, what's the, the through thread of it, two people in love, uh, women and her own body and that kind of stuff, you know? Well, there's, and there's also a side of progressive Christianity right now that would, yeah. um, go in and say, okay, there's some translation issues with the man. And like, since we know in the Greek, culture there was like a big thing with the young boys basically kind of raping and mm-hmm. whatever that was like yep. a part of their culture and so on the progressive side of christians 
they say, oh no, this is not talking about homosexuality. This is talking about the rape of young boys. Hmm. And and that's why it's it's mentioned as being bad because that was something that was common in Greek culture. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I've really done my research to know how I feel about that. So you no. haven't watched any It's YouTube all Greek videos? to me. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, oh, <laughs> I haven't followed the sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing a great job getting that sting at that yeah. <laughs> I actually had a really good conversation with a friend of mine who's a pastor many years ago and he was talking about um he was talking about like you know his own personal struggle with like how do you as a pastor how do you you know approach gays lgbtq whoa (laughs) but uh he him and i were talking about it and he 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 said he even said i can recognize as a pastor pastor at a christian church he said he said not everybody but he said there are some christians that use it as a scapegoat like yeah this is everything that's wrong with the world and stuff like that he said i don't he said i don't agree with that he's like you can't point the finger and then not put the finger at yourself and it was i just i don't i was like i'm not a scholar i'm not a i didn't go to like theology school like him and i just said why don't you practice what you preach then and he kind of just like kind of gave me a funny look and i was like i was like if you are if you believe in jesus and it's your belief that you he he's commissioned you to go out and love everybody i was like then go love everybody whether they're gay or lesbian or trans or straight or whatever i was like just go do it and he's like but that could be really hard. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> this and, was a pastor. Well, okay. But so he like, he was like being, he was being vulnerable with me. He's like, but that's really hard yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And so then I didn't see him Bingo. for a few years. Who and was it, hard and who was vulnerable. <laughs> I didn't see him for a few years. And so he came back. Uh, I went back. This is after I moved here. I went back to California to visit and ran into him. And he He's was gay. like, do you remember? No. <laughs> He's like, do you remember? We're in California, San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, do you remember this guy that lived down the street? I lived not. I lived down the street from him. And then down the street further was another guy. The guy was, I, I used to work as a manager at a grocery store. The guy would always come in, yell at me, swear at me, tear me down, berate me. He was just a very, very, very angry, difficult person. It got so bad one time we had to like the owner of the store was like, look, you're not no longer welcome here. It was just this guy was very unreasonable, very difficult person. So this guy called the pastor after I'm years after I moved away and he's like, Hey, um, can you send your daughters over to clean my house? And he had like, you know, a 15 year old, a 13 year old, and a 12 year old. He's like, absolutely not. And so he said, but he said, he said, I remember what you said. He's like, I need to practice what he preached. He said, I'll come over and do it. So oh. he went over there. And so then he come to find out like he had had surgery and he needed like his bandage changed and he need like a bunch of stuff done around the house. And he said at first he was really uncomfortable. It felt really demeaning to him. But then he said, you know, he's like, if this is what Jesus has told me to do to put others above myself, yeah, he's man. like, then I'm going to do it. And he said, it was Wash really, feet, God damn it. really hard for a while. And so they said, after like a few months, he said, the man kept, you know, would like be really gruff and angry at first, but he said, after a few months of doing this, he said, the, the guy completely changed. He became more like, more human. Is more, this the plot is of as good as it gets? No, I've never even seen that. <laughs> but anyway, so the guy wound up dying maybe like six or eight months later, completely different person. He said, you know, he's like, I've accepted Jesus. It's because of your example. He's like, you took an old bitter, like drug junkie like me. And he's like, you gave me hope. And he, and I was like, and so he came, he goes, he's like, our conversation like really helped me like think outside of the box. And I was like, I was like, so I was like, that's all I think the living what you believe means. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, 
make people scapegoats. Like yeah. you can, I was like, you could have a, you could like the guy, oh, it made him feel uncomfortable because this guy's a jackass and he's like, oh, bring your little girls over here. He's like, no. It's like, does that mean like in your eyes, do you, does that mean the guy has no value or worth? I was like, no, but I was like, you can still treat him like a human being because he is a human being, even though he's behaving in a way that you don't agree with. Why? And if anything, it, that's the most Christian thing I think you should do. Like that's the part yeah. that people overlook is if there's a group of people that you fundamentally disagree with them on something, the whole goal is go spend some time with them. Exactly. Go be around them. Go get to know them and talk to them. Right. It's pretty much all Jesus did. That's why he hung out with Mary Magdalene, who was a you know supposed to be a prostitute according mm. to the story. Bunch of other dudes that smelled like fish all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All the Samaritan stories are based on that because they were seen as a half breed Jews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so they hated them. And so he made the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, the, good that, Samaritan. the yeah. hero of the story. He was the only like, guy that is, helped him out, helped right. the dude out. Yeah. On the road to Damascus or whatever. Uh, there's, and then, and so as Catholics believe there's the, there's the old Testament, which is the old laws. Mm-hmm. And then, Jesus comes around and there's they they're very specific about using this language too and I think the the um I think Jewish people use it too Hebrews which is it's a new covenant that's mm-hmm. made and so the idea is that that covenant that deal that Jesus comes and makes he's like he, alien covenant finally we're God. talking about something interesting <laughs> Great yeah. follow up to Prometheus. That's- <laughs> oh. I, I'm turning off Adam's mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You don't get to hear anymore. You don't get to know the secrets of, of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, Go fall asleep to your book, boy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> ah, damn. <laughs> Saying boy at the end just is a real button at the end. Real hard. Just, Seemed a little that's a hard. level of demeaning that I was not ready for. God damn. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. No, no. But you're it's right. The, that's the, your the, lip- so the, the Jesus comes and he's he his whole point is he's like, hey, by the way, what I'm teaching you now mm-hmm. overcomes everything else. More than any other stuff in the Old Testament, the new stuff is the law. It's the gospel. It's from this point on, it's on. And his whole thing is beatitudes mm-hmm. and love and just unconditional Acceptance. love. And what's cool about that is it kind of talks about- Servant mentality. It, it's, yeah, and it, it, it hits on a few things for me spiritually that are that are kind of part of my belief system now. Number one is, is that God is continuing to evolve, right? God, Old Testament God versus New Testament God. God grows. He changes. Changes. He, whatever it, he, whatever you want to call it, God evolves. Notice God, she didn't say she. Go on. She, Alanis no, Morissette. Joan <laughs> um, Osborne. So we have to be able to grow and change along with that. That that's part of our journey. If we're in the quest to be made in God's image, we should give ourselves chance to grow. The second thing is, is that no matter what, at the end of the day, there's love. And that's if you're on that side of things and you're, if you're accepting and you're having that service mentality, then you're, you're probably on the right path. But if you're too stuck in the, the hiccup of, you know, when does a fetus become life and when is that kind of stuff, man, you are, you are gravely missing the point here, right. you know, and you're spending way too much energy doing that instead of helping somebody right. or like talking to somebody who wants to have an abortion and trying to understand where they're coming from. Right. And like, they're probably going through some heavy shit. Maybe listen, you yeah. know, you know like, what's, what's wild about, especially the new Testament and Jesus coming through and his, his whole like thing, like you said, it was love, acceptance, treat everyone well, um, have a servant mentality, you know, help out charity, charitable, uh, life or living. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder why so few, at least I only have experience with like Americans do that. And I wonder if it ties in with this next topic is that the New Testament is pretty negative towards wealth accumulation and living for money. It basically trashes it like several at several steps. Yeah. And I'm wondering if why if there's a correlation there because America's super wealthy by any standard. And I wonder if that's why we get caught up, you know, working and accumulating money, getting getting a house, doing this. Very few people that I know on a monthly basis, much less a weekly or daily basis, or you could even say yearly basis, do anything charitable mm-hmm. at all, or do like, or take time out of the day to to make somebody's life better, or get to know them, or right. Very little of that happening, and I wonder if that's because we're so caught up in just living. A pretty nice. I will say that's life. the one thing I wish I did more of. I, I probably need to do listen more. to I know, what I'm no, saying. No, I need to. I need to do more charitable yeah. stuff. It's you know, I I uh, I think I talked about this when we did our year in review. I spent a lot of time in like AA and getting sober and stuff. And one of the things that they're huge on as part of their structure is acts of service is the best way to maintain a level of sobriety mm-hmm. and to make sure that you don't backslide into bad habits. I think that that can be transferred into any belief system that the more you're doing for other people and the less you're doing for yourself, you're probably better off. You All know, right. that's why my dad has been telling probably me happier for years. Too. Like, the only way you're ever going to be really happy is if you're, you're living for somebody else yeah. or, mm-hmm. or you're doing something for others. It's like, yeah. that's the good stuff is what right. you call it. It's like, that's where you're going to be really happy. It's, but also clearly then the, in the Bible, it doesn't trash just being rich. It's, it's loving, yeah. it's loving money. It's, it's, it's always, yeah. Cause it's never like Solomon was the richest, Person, and he also said it was useless, you know, in all the whatever. But he also had a thousand wives, but it wasn't bad. To cut that baby in half. <laughs> <laughs> he came through with a solid sage wisdom. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 the love of money. It's not it's not the actual wealth well, that's bad. Well, the money would they say easy, when you prioritize it, it. easy or is it for like a camel, camel to have a rich man? man. Yeah, because well, if you're holding on to your wealth, if yeah. that's your if that's something that just means everything to you, then what do you love more? Do you love God and serving others more? That's and do you want to yeah. become a better person or do you Would want to accumulate Jesus that wealth? Have been a communist slash socialist. <laughs> <laughs> See. <laughs> I think he's a libertarian. I think he would have been. <laughs> no, hell, I don't know. Really not. Wow. He's, he's not big on government. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, Free will. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. all about helping the needy. Yeah. He is. He is. The like if I, if I'm being honest, I think he's all. I think, I think he's, as it gets. If I'm being honest in reading the New Testament, I'm like he's probably some form of socialist. Well, uh, if you stop and just look at just it for, re- if you look at well, the book of acts, just for like what they're talking about, the early church there, like it talks about in the book of acts, like all the Christians came together, they sold everything they had and everything and everything. Then everybody had everything they needed yeah. because the rich gave the like poor gave every, everybody. Right. And so like, like I'm, I'm going to come back to the same. You and I talk about communism a lot. Is communism a great idea? Sure. Is it something that will work in this world? No, because there's too many corrupt people looking to take advantage of it. Same thing can be said about Christianity. Right. It's, and so like when you, when you mix in like flawed, the flawed parts of being human, it just pollutes good things. So we should just give up and everyone live for No, I'm not saying... End the podcast. (laughs) No, I'm not saying give up, but I'm like... 
like what, you know, like the good things that you believe in, like I, I stick around and I stand by the things I believe in. I believe in being good to people while other people don't think like, don't agree with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's, you can disagree with me. That's fine. You know, there's people that I know that are like, Oh, you have friends that are lesbian or they're gay. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, they're human beings. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, well I don't because you know, I believe this. And I'm like, that's fine. You can believe that. But I'm like, really what you're doing is you're dehumanizing them. If you really, wanted to practice what you say you believe, mm-hmm. then you would at least open yourself to talking to them and to getting to know somebody and realize I this would is love a to human talk to being. more rich people. That'd be great. And if You're they want to get, one, if they want to do something charitable, uh, <laughs> I have a car note. I'd like them to pay, <laughs> but mega churches just in a word, quick round Robin. What would you say? You thought about mega churches or a sentence. <sighs> Then we'll move on from money. I think if you as an individual get fulfillment out of it, then I'm not going to tell you not to go. Mm-hmm. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're, if that, if you hear something in there, no matter, even if it's coming from no, a bad source that helps you. On the you, other side of it, not necessarily going and supporting it. Yeah. The fact that so, they're so, enriching themselves insanely. So there's, there's, that's the, that's the other side of it. That's the part I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like the, the, you know, um, oh, it's Kenneth Copeland who says, God wants me to have a private jet. Right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you misread that one. And that guy looks super creepy anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think he's probably full of shit and coming from a bad place. And he's, his motives are probably not very pious, mm-hmm. but I can't fault anybody for hearing a good thing that he might have to say and doing something better with their life. Mm-hmm. If they're doing that, then if that's where you get it from, awesome. I really am serious. I get a lot of fucking ideas about how I want to live my life based on pop culture, mm-hmm. books I've read and movies I've watched and shit like that. And you know what? It affects me. And if it causes me to be a better person, then fuck it. I don't care uh, where mm-hmm. it came from. So I don't care where you're getting your message as long as you're getting the right kind of message. So you don't begrudge like a Kenneth Copeland or Joel Osteen I don't like for, them for collecting all the money. Like, cause like, as long as they're spreading a lot of really good messages, no, that's the part do I don't whatever like. They want. That's the part I don't like. But what I have empathy for is the people that go oh, and sure. give their I don't money. That. And I think there's a difference between some. So like, I would say that I don't know this, but for a fact, but I know that for some, for to some degree, like, um, Olstein, I don't know how much money he makes for being the pastor. He is insanely rich for being an, an author. Mm-hmm. And he, there's a chance that maybe a lot of his fortune comes from those things. I don't know how much the church pays him. Right. I would assume the church pays him well, but not, insane i thought nonprofits had to have like op- like i wanted to get i wanted into. i wanted to get it you can't you can't probably i wanted to get into that briefly because i think it's very interesting that people get upset about nonprofit organizations not paying taxes but to me and correct me if i'm wrong but like you know something like a lakewood or whatever they bring in all this money it's all given it's donation based right. they're not selling anything it's these people deciding a dream they're deciding to give money to this organization. So how are you going to tax the organization on gifts that they were given? They didn't sell anything. They didn't charge something. It was a free gift. And that, 10%. That's where it gets weird. Standard. <laughs> I swear it gets weird on like, how can you be mad for churches that don't pay taxes when a hundred percent of their income is just given freely by the members? Right. You know, it's, I, I, think, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And I wouldn't even necessarily say I have a hard line problem with mega churches and pastors being super rich. They obviously do a really good job of what they do or else they wouldn't be able to be in this situation. But my problem is is like, 
Clearly, they are not practicing what they they, preach nearly enough. I mean, I don't know what number would be enough, but the fact that it's problematic about it's very problematic. Yeah, there's a there there's a there's a a hypocrisy there for sure, or at least an opportunity to when you give someone that much power and that much money. Yeah, you're setting them up for a very possible disaster. Like, look at every. Hollywood star, when they get all this money, they end up depressed and sad and on drugs. Absolute power corrupts corrupts absolutely, and money is power. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're 100% right on that. Yeah, that's, I don't know. The people that I have known that have always been the happiest are the people that give the most. And that comes to mind. There's, there's two guys here in Houston that I know. One's a pastor, the other one's not. The one guy has, one guy has polio, hasn't walked. He is genuinely one of the happiest, kindest, nicest, most generous people I've ever met in my life. When I first met him, he was so happy and positive and kind and caring and loving. I thought he was fake. Mm-hmm. I was like, this dude cannot be real. This, I was just like, it, it seemed like so over the top. I was just like, okay, this is like, I have polio. I don't fucking buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that chair. That shit was cured 40 years ago. motherfucker. <laughs> but a, uh, so then like after like spending time with him okay, and his Delano. family, yeah. after spending time yeah, with him yeah. and his family, I was like, okay, this guy is real. This guy is like that. And I was like, okay, like, and he is a very giving person and he doesn't let like the negatives tear him down or anything yeah. like that. And I was, it's very inspiring to me to see people go through stuff like that and not get caught up in all the other garbage. That's you know probably I mean? one of the what I have a real be- beef with is people that go to fucking mega churches and then go out to eat right after that and tip 8% <laughs> or, or tip a pamphlet. Oh. Uh, There's a special place in the hell. I don't believe in yeah. for people like that. Don't leave me the pamphlet that talks about all the different kind of mongers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think what you're saying or is really not. good. I think one of the best things, if you're going to like even look at it from a, a more clinical scientific view, one of the good things about religion is you can find this space of inner peace that can help you overcome mm-hmm. the, the most difficult life experiences. And right. you can, you can stay with in a positive mindset right. of, and not be bitter mm-hmm. and, and jaded. And you can still be, have a mentality that wants to help right. others. Even if you are going through a personal difficult, bad, yeah. have dealt with tragedy I think that's how much a, that's of that's tied thing. with the afterlife, though. Like, oh, this life might suck, but I'm going to live the rest of, like, of eternity in heaven. So, you know, it's, you know, I'll do the best I can here. Make sure I don't screw up that ticket. The people that are happiest that Drew's describing and Mark's describing, the people that I've met that are like that don't really bring up like, oh, it's cool because I know I'm going to heaven. Right. They're, they've come to a very inner peace uh, and they're just content. Mm-hmm. Like they have yeah. peace in the moment, not just yeah. forward thinking like, well, one day it's all going to be better and these right. people are going to burn for their transgressions. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not clutching some kind of lottery ticket. Right. They're, right. they're yeah, yeah, yeah. making the best right. of the situ- the current situation. Yeah. The, yeah. Let's like you spoke earlier about like wealth here in America and does that change us? I've been to Africa twice, two different countries in Africa. I will say this. I know Juan has said it before because Juan went to me with Africa the first time. I really do think the people in Africa and other underdeveloped countries, as far as like joy and happiness and meaning and fulfillment, they have it way better than we do. Then why? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can see that being absolutely true, but like, isn't that, Shouldn't we be like ashamed of that? I, I think like it's we a have very... so many modern comforts, and maybe that's part of the 
the easy uh, as it passed. The, I, you know, maybe there's it's very distracting. That. Yeah. It, that I think that mm-hmm. I think there's a because I did not think that way before I went to Africa. The first time it was just like culture shock, like just like like I didn't think world places in the world existed like that. Just like right. and so then you go a second time and I spent six months there and I was like, the, I, it made me so ever thankful that I won the lottery by being born in America. Right, and it's made me more thankful for every little thing that I have. Like I, I'll have conversations with people now, like you know, oh well, why do you like rent like a little four hundred Musical. Yeah. Why do you rent a little 450 square foot like house? Like, why don't you buy a house? I'm like, I'm content with what I have. I, I my house is tiny. I don't need anything bigger. I don't want to pay for something I'm not going to use. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I've, I've seen people live and sleep on dirt floors. They sweep the dirt floors because that's all they have. And then they're kicked out of their house when billions of ants come through and take over their house for a couple of days. I'm like, I have it really good. The yeah. uncles aren't coming too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Juan, come back. I want right, to get so rid of Adam. <laughs> We're going to plot through these next two topics. No, and I think we should end right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. <laughs> so, it has religion been a force for good or bad in the world? Or done more good or more bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's impossible to measure. All right. Next question. Um, this what? is the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> this is the get struck by lightning round. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck moments is this topic? How would you rate Martin Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ? <laughs> Never saw it. It's a great movie. You would say that. You it's, freaking no, heretic. I'm serious. That movie's fantastic and it got a bad like rep because it's ch- it challenges a lot of people's like uh, outlooks on stuff, but I highly recommend that movie. It's one of the better Jesus movies. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, why do people like the passion? It's a snuff film. All right, moving on. Uh, Don't need answers. Um, so what the fuck moments in the Bible? Obviously, slavery is in the Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tacitly endorsed. Uh, mass murder, daughter's fucking dads, generational curses. Like a lot of stuff like- Are you just reading Pornhub yeah, topping categories right now? <laughs> I think several like what subreddit is that? <laughs> it is it is kind of odd that certain things are not called out. And like Here's, I said, kind of right. endorsed like mass scorched earth extinctions yeah. of people. The Old Testament's brutal. Yeah. Like, it's just like and then they went to the next town and killed all those people because well they were not supposed to be living there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and salted said. the earth so nothing could grow. I wonder if that's how the deserts got created. I don't know. I, yeah, I think a lot of it can be explained to some degree with ancient times. Yeah, that was their understanding. That was it. Was it's different? Like we, the slave thing. It was just a whole. It was a different economy and whatever. And that was common then. And so they would write about it in a positive light because it was just the way their it was economy the way the worked. world worked. So you're yeah. saying it's, it was history, not hate. Uh, interesting. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. What I'm saying is like, you have these writers, they grew up in an environment where either they are slaves or used to be slaves or they're around slaves for them. It's normal life. Mm-hmm. And that would make them think the way that they do possibly more favorably about it. Do I think God endorsed slavery in the Bible? No. Do I think the Bible endorses slavery? No. It's kind of like an accepted punishment for screwing up. Where? Because like, well, like there's a handful of people made a couple of decisions in the Old Testament mm-hmm. to where hundreds of years, generations of their mm-hmm. descendants were going to be slaves. 
because they screwed up. They didn't follow the rules closely. Mm-hmm. They built idols mm-hmm. and to where it cursed literally whole generations of their descendants. Once again, I think that in- comes back to interpretation. Like I, you know, come in conversation with people like generational curses. What is, you know, what does that mean? Does it mean like, you know, God cursed it and now you have to like go through this many generations and stuff like that. If in like, from my reading of the old Testament and through stuff like that, God's like here children of Israel. Here's like these rules and stuff. I have you to follow the rules are so you can live your best life. So you can not be terrible to each other. So, and then, you know, you go through the old Testament, you see them. Okay. We're going to follow God for a little bit. And now we're not. So God's like, okay, I'll protect you when you're fine. Okay. You want me to leave you alone? I'll respect the fact that you want me to leave you alone. And then Babylon's going to come through and take over for this amount of time. See, my personal belief is that, there's not a really a hands-on day by day picking the winner and the loser of the Super Bowl kind of God. He kind of lets us go. Oh, he definitely picked Tom Brady for the record. <laughs> <laughs> and gave the guy everything, <laughs> but um, he's still not enough. He's going to try to win another one. Yeah, but um, I feel like there there are consequences. And people saying that he did this or he did this, mm-hmm. like I said, probably like isn't necessarily the case. And like you said, it's probably more of a this is our looking back interpretations, we walked away and then, but it could have just been like the Babylonians were super powerful at the time. Right, they right. took over. Like, I, I don't know that there was a force, like a, a shield a force field around people as long as they're following the rules. And then whenever they stopped following the rules, then right. things went right. haywire. Well, I just you, think that the world is the world now. And you, when you wrote, when you sent that text, you know, with the list of saying generational curses, that actually made me start thinking like, well, what does that mean? And what, how does that work in reality? I was like, you could even like, you could even think like ancient cultures would talk about things that I would say a generational curse is you have, you know, certain people are predisposed to being alcoholic and you're passing those genes onto your children. Are it's you doing it by choice? Fat. But is that a curse that can be just lifted by somebody screwed up back then? An ancient person might think, oh, this family is cursed because the grandfather did this, then he did this, then they passed this on. To them, it oh man, this seems like a curse. Then you, you know, technology genetics. Really, it's just genetics, you know? know, His dad was bald, and then he was bald, and then Adam's bald. That guy can't handle his shit. (laughs) 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 This is a conversation I have with my mom at length. Mm Mm-hmm. Is the she's big believer in generational curses? Right. I am not. Uh, and my and the difference is, I believe that there can definitely be genetic generational traits. Right. I don't think it's something that can be turned off or on based on uh, praying or accepting one thing or another. Right. And uh, it seems that, like it's up to a lot of interpretation. It, like it, right. I feel like it, it, it's you're div- you're really giving up on personal responsibility right. when you start like, I, I didn't have a, well, I had no fair shake. Right. I had this generational curse. It's like not my but it's free also, will and decisions. But do you know about like, are you into like spiral dynamics and stuff like that? What's that? Do you know about, okay, well, like I'm going to, that sounds like a metal sequence. band. I'm going to do yeah. a terrible job. Of are you explain? about to talk about tool for 45 minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like when a perfect circle is formed now, yeah. <laughs> Um, spir- and the original schism of the- <laughs> spiral dynamics. I'm, I can't explain it well, but it's, it's basically an idea of that. Like through different, there's a, there's a cycle of things we go through. And like, so there was a cycle of like where they all have the, they all have color representations and we're in the cycle. So like, say, um, God, I wish there's the one phase. Is this like the sun's in retrograde and no, uh, no, 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 no. It's no. So it's like, you know, back, you think about tribalism, 
um, is like where you kind of start, you know, it's your little, your little community and you fight for them. And that's, that's mirrored now in like football teams and stuff like that. Well, there was obviously the, there was obviously that phase of life where everyone, the science wasn't there. So they just thought everything was magic or God. Right. And so you start to apply meaning to, Oh, it didn't rain today. God's mad. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, it, it did rain today. God's happy. And then I think that's where your generational curses. So you're saying God's only happy when it rains. He's only happy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought God He's can't a huge stand garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> or shoals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant callback, Adam kid. would say. <laughs> yeah, Dan's real brilliant. Muscle Shoals is a garbage I, ass everyone fucking loves place. Dan. <laughs> I think I don't know if like you've ever been to Alabama. <laughs> obviously, everyone has a right to believe whatever they want to believe, but also. Uh, growing up, tell that to Mambla. What? Jeez. Mambla? The North American Marlon Brando lookalikes? Yeah. <laughs> Guy knows the South Park. That's yeah. right. He does. Uh, you know, like you said, your mom believes in general racial curses. You don't. I don't. I think it's more of like what I talked about genetics and stuff like that. But there are, you know, other people that I know that think like you can just pray away depression. And I'm like, no, they've Break done the research, gateway, bro. But yeah, like it's... as someone who suffers from depression and is now on antidepressants. Yeah. You gave I, up, bro. Should've yeah. Tried, it's should, like, oh, well, you didn't pray hard. enough. Yeah, like, didn't no, pray that's, hard that's enough. not like that's something hard. I had that shirt growing up. <laughs> like there's certain things like when you find out, like when science tells you, oh, hey, their chemicals in your brain are off. You take this pill, it'll correct it. And then you won't be down in the dumps for six months of the year. Right. And you know, some people really still struggle with that. Oh, but this is what I've always believed. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, you can still always believe that, but I live better now because I take a pill a day. Right. There's some <laughs> so, things that are brain chemistry that right. you just need right. medicine for. And there's some things I, I believe that meditation and prayer on on for yourself, for self, right? Can definitely I, it definitely will help. Yeah, I would say that one thing that I definitely struggle with, probably believing, mm-hmm. probably the one of the easiest things to tear apart and not believe in Christianity is prayer. For like, I'm gonna pray that Adam like gets in a car wreck or something like that. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be the example? <laughs> I had somebody tell me today that they had a dream where I died. And you're going to tell me you're going to pray about me getting a car wreck? Oh, God. No, I just mean, like, you can pray, like, there's been... Stamp- He's not backtracking. There's, no, I'm still... Just uh, wait. <laughs> you're going to listen to I Phil Collins when it happens. <laughs> I interrupted him one too many times. Yeah. The car wreck's going to go... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> All that to say, yeah, I think prayer, it was, I forget what the word is, it, intercessory prayer or something like that. Like, yeah. I'm going to pray that you get better from a thing. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to prove right. that it works. There's been studies that kind of show that it doesn't. But I still believe that prayer for your, like, as meditation for your mental health and for is, is really easy to go. Yeah, that's totally beneficial. Mm-hmm. But it's the other one is, is very problematic for someone to like put your finger and go, yeah, prayer is real. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, that's probably the most pro- easily Right, like thing to be like, yeah, I don't know about all this, and that goes back to your like, is God involved in every day or not? Is He hands on tinkering with every decision, or is He more of a hands off kind of like, oh, right? Let it let it happen, you know. So speaking of like generational or, or genetic dis- like uh, disadvantages mm-hmm. and embracing f- fixing those or addressing those or getting into an equilibrium, couldn't have this podcast without having some kind of science 
fiction uh, question. And I, if y'all want to go on any other questions after this, this is all you at this point. Uh, what are y'all's <laughs> thoughts on the efficacy of using CRISPR to make sure that a child is born without certain disadvantages that you have? Like, say you've had what is some history. It's a gene editing technology. It's like, it's like Photoshop in your genes. Yeah. Oh. That's how they're creating um, uh, the Kim Kardashian's kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, was, I thought you were talking about like CRISPR Glover from Back to the Future. <laughs> he's in the American God show on stars. It's really good, but um, he's a creep, but yeah, he really is. <laughs> yeah, but they're using, I'm pretty sure CRISPR technology was used in the, like the vaccine, the NRNA manipulation that we're about to all take. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel about gene editing a kid to say, you were predisposed to have like some debilitating disease. Like the kid was going to have like an 80% chance of getting it mm-hmm. just cause that's it's in your family mm-hmm. and you're about to have a kid and like, well, we can easily snip that part out. Yeah. Do you think that's playing God any more so than taking you know, an aspirin, antidepressant or, yeah. or, or is the, or is God like, Hey, I invented humans to be industrious or is that too much like tower of Babel kind of a scenario? I guess gonna, time will tell. Would you do it? Would I do it? If I was going to have a kid and some, they could do a test and like, oh, hey, your kid's going to have cerebral palsy. Do you want us to take it out? I'd be like, heck yeah. I would Please. do it. I yeah. do not want my kid to suffer. I agree. I would do it too. Like, and I would vote to allow people to do it. Well, yeah, I, I would think, think it, a lot of people I think would. the only, the weird side would be the science fiction side when you, like, oh, now they're- Gattaca? Gonna, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. No, Great that movie. a good movie, yeah. But basically, the concept of the movie is- they allow this, te- this technology exists right. and there's like basically two classes of, of human. There's ones that, that right. are superhuman because they were edited and there's the other ones that are like, no, we want to do it natural. And those people, they're like janitors. Their lives suck. Yeah. I think you got to be careful with genetic enhancement, right? Like you remember- What about male enhancement? No, I'm, I'm just in general. Like you remember in the Princess Bride, that guy that had six fingers? <laughs> he was a total asshole. <laughs> CRISPR. So like maybe don't do that, you know? But I think you could use it, like, let's say, I know this is extreme, but let's say Hitler uh, or a type of Hitler person mm-hmm. gets, a, gets control of this thing and now can create a superhuman army of, uh, da, 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 I don't right. know. maybe we're past that. Maybe we're on drone wars, but any technology like that, I think, could be used for good or evil. Right. It's, it's, I don't think you can say categorically that, like, any technology or anything is good or evil. It's how you use it at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. But the reason we won't get it in our lifetimes. Yeah. It's too late for you, Adam. It's been, it's already done. Yeah. Look, we're How are you 33? If, we can, if we can cure COVID in less than a year, why the fuck can't we cure baldness? Come on, folks. True. Very, very true. There needs to be a minute. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. There needs to be like a Manhattan project level. Uh, yes, you've talked about this in the podcast three times now. Oh, no, for baldness, it. yeah, for baldness. Oh, that's the best use of time. No, yeah. no, not necessarily <laughs> for baldness, but for something every year. I'm going to text. I Elon. would pay extra taxes. I'm going to have that happen. I'm texting Elon Musk. He'll get on it. I'm sure. Yeah, that guy's got some good ideas. He does. He wants comedy he... to happen again or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, was that was the last thing on the list, right? Yeah. Perfect. That was fun. Uh, if any of the listeners are out there still listening, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> this was chance. a weird idea of mine. Thanks <laughs> <Yeah>. for, <laughs> Please <laughs> forgive <laughs> us. <laughs> we do not know what we've done. Yeah. 
and not that worried pray about for it. me to not get in a car wreck in the next couple of days. Uh, you're not going to get in Drew. Wreck. You'll be fine. <laughs> now it's all going to be on my conscience. <laughs> yeah, you better drive safe, you jerk. <laughs> don't be putting. Don't, I like how you immediately turn it back on me. Right. <laughs> don't, don't try to get in the fender bender just to like so you can pull that card on. Oh him. yeah, that'll, I'll try to show you. That'll show him. That'll show <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I've got a fucking broke ass car now, <laughs> but a slightly guilty conscience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> Drew's gonna be up so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my last words just want him to know this, this is not his fault <laughs> no I would actually be like I want him to know this, this is his fault yeah he <laughs> yeah. would you'd be like hey, be like Siri. the opposite of good will hunting like, it's all your fault it's all your fault yeah. Siri your call Drew Drew <laughs> asshole <laughs> yeah. got this weird voicemail from Adam <laughs> <laughs> alright well thank you everybody for listening uh, we'll see you all next week bye Contemporary Christian group. Yeah. Just that kind of stuff. I saw them too uh, a couple times. You're nailing it. There's a it, cool dude. punk band called Me Without You that's Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skillet. Skillet. Yeah. Skillet. Yeah. Skillet. <laughs> yeah, that crushed. God damn, that is outstanding. I'm taking that to my You're next ready year. for the comedy Christian yeah. comedy circuit. Yeah. Yeah. I know all about you guys. Like I just Skillet. Want a room full of this guy. Yeah.